the Decepticons are testing their latest recruits, the new Battle Chargers, run amok and run about. Nothing jumps into battle faster than Battle Chargers. Robots in disguise from Hasbro. What ho, and welcome to the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast dedicated to the Transformers as well as other legendary toy lines from the past. You've seen the movie a thousand times, but what about those poor sods who didn't even get an acting credit? For episode 41, we felt it was only right to protect about your neck and rampage through a breakdown of non-movie characters that took our breath away as the Transformers found its groove in 1986. Joining us as always is writer, photographer, and the instrument of destruction for many toys over the decades, it's Maz, <laughs> aka TF Square One. That is so apt considering what we're talking about today and what's just happened <laughs> in the last 48 hours, but yeah, nailed it. And the triple in our changer is someone who knows the pain of a decapitated aerial bot. It's writer, photographer, and YouTuber, Sixo. Oh, man, you see, I'd actually entirely forgotten about the Aerial Bot story, and now you've reminded me. It's all come flooding back to me like a, a very bad memory. And I'm Toybox Soapbox, or as the cleaner at work calls me, Liam. How you doing, lads? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very well indeed. How are you, Maz? I'm making a face. Right, you are a little bit, yeah. yeah. So what's up with you? Well, that intro has reminded me of... Uh... A couple of issues I had with the old 1986 bots in the last couple of days. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What specifically? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, we'll get to it. But yeah, yeah, after a while, it's a bit cyclical. Like you under- you get really enthusiastic about vintage Transformers and I get really into it and I pick up a few and I really enjoy photographing them, stickering them, all that stuff. And then there's other times where I realize how old they are and how susceptible to wear and how difficult it is to replace something that goes wrong. And all of a sudden, it's like a hassle that I spent how much on this and what's just happened now with it. And yeah, it's I weigh up vintage versus modern releases and I'm trying to find this perfect balance of what to buy for what amount of money that's going to make me the most happiest. And uh, it, it just varies. And this week, I'm definitely swinging away from vintage, I have to tell you. That's fair enough. It's definitely uh, a balance, isn't it, sometimes? Because, yeah, like the, there is so much that can go wrong with vintage toys, ultimately. Yeah, and the more mint you get them, it's like it, the worse it is. It's just uh, the difference between what in your mind is a perfect toy that was perfect when it arrived versus how it looks a mere two minutes later. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's uh, quite sick. It's like driving a brand new car off the lot, honestly, <laughs> sometimes. But um, maybe they were always like that. And it's just a lack of experience with particular toys makes me think that what I believe the situation was in the package before I handled it was not actually the situation. It might just be a case of that. I don't know. There are, de- there are definitely vintage Transformers toys that I've come across that I'm amazed how fragile they are. You know, like a, the one I always think of is like the Deluxe Insecticons, for example. Because they are just crazy fragile to handle, in my experience anyway. And they have that kind of really delicate, intricate feel to them that honestly, like, I don't know, how would they have survived in the hands of children, just like bashing them into the floor and stuff like that? There's no way. Uh, you know, I had a, a G1 Ransack literally just crumble to pieces in my hands. And uh, I don't think I did anything particularly bad with it. Uh, so yeah, no, I do think sometimes it is just the toy or they've degraded mm. a little bit or whatever. And, you know, no doubt sometimes we're a little bit ham-handed with them as well. They are like middle-aged now as well. So, you know, yeah, not to have wear and tear, even if they've not done anything. They're just degraded, man. You say middle-aged, but middle-aged refers to something that is over halfway through its sort of lifespan. With these, I feel like they're on borrowed time. Like, they're way past their use-by date, some of them, to the point where they're like... Proceeding on their way to oblivion. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's an apt way to look at it. Well, they're not designed to last forever, though, are they? Ultimately, they're not. We do think of them as that a lot of times. Like, you know, you pick up new toys or whatever, and you think, well, that's going to be what it is. But they're not designed to last forever and ever and ever. All of this stuff deteriorates. Ultimately, plastic changes over time. And, well, we've talked at many lengths about, you know, yellowing and things like that. Stickers. Stickers, and it all goes wrong eventually. I was just thinking, uh, I've just picked up a couple of reissue Valkyries, Macross Valkyries, and I have to say, I was just thinking about this tonight and talking with someone about it and saying that the tolerances and the engineering feels a lot more finessed than on my vintage Jetfire. I completely agree. And Well, someone said to me, uh, it was on our Discord, someone just said, is it actually that different? And I was like, do you know, the thing is, I'm not sure because it may just be that my Jetfire is a really good nick, but it may just be that it's old. You know, <laughs> that actually No, I think there's a difference. Do you think there is? Yeah, I think so. Okay. My experience of handling those 2002 and 2008 reissues was that they just felt slick as. Yeah. Maybe it's a bad example then, but there are definitely toys where, you know, you handle them from the vintage era and you just think, oh, actually, you know, this this feels like it's more crotchety than perhaps it would have been at the time, you know? Do you think the dream is then that they can create some kind of plastic that stays in perfect condition for like 100 years and then just crumbles to nothing once we're all dead? <laughs> is that it? like a time bomb, like a Mission Impossible thing? Yeah. Like it's going to self-destruct when you leave? So we get to enjoy it in perfect condition for our whole lives. Then once we're gone, that's it. Gone. Otherwise, it would just be cluttering up the planet, wouldn't it? You know, 20 years in the future, 200 years, whatever, post-apocalypse. A bit like a Planet of the Apes where he finds the Statue of Liberty. You just find this broken yellow jet fire with its arms stuck in, in the air. That is true. That's a rather dark image. Or like Wally, for example, where he's just like riding around on a, a deserted Earth, but it's just piles and piles of War for Cybertron toys. <laughs> it's just wheelie. <laughs> yeah. Just just lots of G1 wheelies. Throttlebots <laughs> everywhere. Just wheeling over just crushed piles of throttlebots. You know what would happen is an alien would come down and the first thing it would do would be sit on a sofa in a dump somewhere and then have to stand up because it sat on like a G1 first aid or nose cone or something like that that was stuffed down the back. Very true. Since time began. How ubiquitous they are. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, speaking of toys, we do have a sponsor for the evening, don't we? Or rather two, actually, which is really dead exciting because uh, we have our, our first and longest sponsor, which is tfsource.com. Uh, do check them out for all your transformers and third-party needs and now we have uh, of the last few episodes anyway you may have noticed we've got a second sponsor which is kapowtoys.co.uk so do check them out if you're in the uk and parts of europe as well and we'll do a longer segment on both of those in the middle of the pod as we always do and we'll check out what they've got in stock and up for pre-order at the moment but for now thank you very much for giving us a little sponsor i'm still not over that i know it was august that we started lining this up but i still am so jazzed by the fact that we've got kapow on board as well and we got two of them i was just talking to andy today and it's uh, it's still quite fresh and exciting for me that we are we are introducing them in these episodes but yes if you'd like to support us further and you'd like access to more triple takeover content please check out patreon.com forward slash triple takeover where you can get everything from early access to episodes like this and that's a whole week that you'll get early access now and you can have extra minisodes which are commissioned in the largest part by our own patrons at sixos butlers level and higher or you can even get weekly exclusive content with our super exclusive gold box tier level content, which is miniseries. Could be 6-0 catching up with all the IDW he's missed down the years and me catching up with all the Unicron trilogy that I've missed down the years. And eventually, uh, Liam will finally learn that pickled onion flavor Monster Munch is the best <laughs> and he will have to speak about it weekly. 
Arse crash in my head because I'm allergic to it. Arse crash in your head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Itchy head syndrome. Yeah. But but do check it out. And uh, there are other things they can vote in episode polls. You can um, get a free piece of merch if you're a GBC level. Or you can just say thank you uh, for the pod. You can support us that way. So patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. There is so much content there just waiting, especially if you join up now. You've got hours and hours and loads of topics to catch up on. Check it out. So much content now, isn't it? Just absolutely ridiculous amount of content. Like I can't even fathom just signing up now and being like, huh, that's me just busy now for the next week, just listening to these guys ramble ramble on. But it's been happening. Like we've been getting comments on our Patreon and our Discord of people who, for example, have just listened to the Seacons minisode or right. just gone back wow. and listened to Liam talking about Zambonis. You know, it's like hey. it's it's all <laughs> coming back again and it's really cool. And it's mad to think that some of it is a year old now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when it gets really mad is when it's like we, we were talking about this episode tonight, weren't we? And we were talking about combiners, um, which is something that we have talked about in a previous episode. And, episode five. Well, that's the thing. It was episode five, which is well over a year ago now. Um, so it's just, I don't know, crazy, really. How many Minnesotas is it that we've done? Uh, 34 now. Wow. Nah, 33. But anyway, 33, it's in the 30s. Yeah, yeah brand that. Nice hot uh, summer holiday weather, somewhere in the 30s. Perfect. <laughs> exactly, yes. And if you're thinking of going on your holidays, you can get some cool-looking duds. <laughs> what a link, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, party season is upon us as well, so, you know, you can make yourself look super cool. Get a shower curtain, cut some holes in it, little eye holes, go as a Triple Takeover branded ghost. You know, you can check out our Rebel store. We apparently don't do stationery, but, you know, mm. all, all sorts of stuff. Again, you've got, you know, T-shirts, shower curtains. There's a mug if you need to dip your hot knob or something like that. Um, have we got Sorry, a cheese did you grater? say hot knob or hot knob? <laughs> 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 hot knob. <laughs> Hot knob. Well, that definitely will need dipping. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> totally said hot knob. We've had hog rod. Now we've got hot knob. I said hob knob. Make sure you get the mug that says dipstick on it. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. You know this is recorded, right? We're going to be able to play it back and hear if you said hob knob or hot knob. This is this is where I uh, delete it and replace it. With <laughs> right. on edit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hob knob. <laughs> But yeah, for uh, for our American listeners, hobnobs are biscuits. So uh, what else do we do? Do we do cheese graters and fun stuff like that? Like, uh, <laughs> not as yet. Why? Shh, we're slacking. But you can find all this fun stuff, not cheese graters or stationery. <laughs> He's definitely had his funny pills tonight. You can find uh, all sorts at rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. Explore. Back in episode 22, we talked about the 1986 movie toys. So if you want to hear more about those, go and check that one out. Whereas today we are going to be talking almost exclusively about the toys that weren't featured in the movie, but also came out in 1986. But uh, it's quite fair to say, isn't it, that these toys and those toys are very, very different in terms of aesthetics and just like pretty much everything, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Very much so, actually. Uh, Like if you think about the movie toys, and obviously, yeah, we talked about it in that previous episode they did feel very different to a lot of what had kind of come before them at the time. Like the one I'm just looking over at my, you know, kind of shelves and stuff and stuff like blur is a great example of that because it really feels like (laughs) don't start. (laughs) I I don't want to pick the one that, uh, that you dislike the most, most feverishly, (laughs) but you know, it does feel like a real step away from the kind of previous years of transformers, doesn't it? Whereas I think, Stuff like, I mean, combiners is probably the obvious one because arguably it does have some sort of foot in a diaclone origin, at least. 
it somehow still feels to me sort of like Transformers of old in a, in a funny way. Or am I alone on that in with combiners? No, I completely agree with you. And then you've got all the microchange connection with the Series Three Minibots in right. Six as well. Yeah, very much so. And uh, and then you've got you know things like the, the cassettes kind of still feel. Although mm-hmm. we classed them as movie toys, didn't we? Because they do yeah, appear in the did. movie, yeah. but uh, but they still feel like Transformers of old uh, in their way. Uh, I guess. And uh, you know, even stuff like Octane, which is a new mold that we'll talk about tonight, that feels like an old toy to me. Um, it's never felt different from the the Diaclone triple changes, particularly. I don't know. It feels really far away from Hot Rod Cut Blur and the Galvatron. Yeah. It feels so much more like a vintage toy, doesn't it? Or oh, a vintage toy, uh, 1985 or 84. Right. Toy. Yeah, all its modes are Earth modes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Metroplex is a Diaclone design too. Yeah, that's very much so. And actually, Trypticon does feel, although it was designed for Transformers, it does feel like it fits very well with Metroplex in that regard. So I don't know, 1986 as a whole really feels like a, I'm going to use a football analogy here, Liam, here you go, a game of two halves. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Did I use that correctly? No, different sport. Is it? Why is that? Football's got four quarters. I'm just joking. I was going to say, you could have have told me that was true for a minute. I was just like puzzling over it for a minute. I was like, I'm sure it's football. It's not cricket. That's, you know, yeah. I don't know, man. Whatever. I used it anyway, and Correct. hopefully correctly. Yeah, there you, go. there you go. Thanks. I hope this is the first of many. Probably not, mate. And probably that's it for now, for the next year at least. Um, Sports 6-0. You'll be soon be 6-0 instead of 6-0. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, right. Moving on anyway, very swiftly. But uh, <laughs> uh, my incorrect sporting analogies aside. But no, it does feel like a, like a two-halved thing uh because so you'd say just... it's a bit like six of one and half a dozen of the other. right exactly six of one <laughs> half a dozen of another because uh, they are very different they feel like they're from different lines in many ways it's a funny old game really didn't we also say that 86 had one of the biggest range of toys in terms yeah. of actual numbers like if you look at how many toys came out on the 85 catalog 84 catalog then you look at 86 completing the 86 lineup is actually not a simple task it's when you see the kind of toys, though, because it's a lot of uh, combiner limbs, isn't it? And then cassettes, you've got loads of small toys, a lot of packaged teams and things. Very much so. It's the it's the largest 1980s Transformers line of them all, I think. Uh, I'm right in saying. I remember when I was doing, this is, it feels like another life ago now, but the old box art championships mm. on Twitter, and it got to 1986. It was like a serious step up. And it was that was when I really started looking at you know, the numbers of toys in each year. And 19... Did Predaking win? Uh, yes, it did. Mm. Uh, it's super box art, that. Absolutely Rightfully so. Phenomenal. Yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, but yeah, just the numbers of releases, the numbers of individual characters goes up significantly in 1986. And if you look at how many toys are in 1984, it's actually quite tiny by comparison. Honestly, they, they, they really kind of obviously hit their stride in those first two years. And then, I mean, you can genuinely see in between a super large toy line and a feature film that they obviously had made all the money in, you know, wave one, year one, repeated that success in year two and just put all their chips on the table and just went, here it all is. Largest product line we've ever done. Big screen film. Let's do it. Yeah. And then all the 86 assortments of the 84 and 85 characters too. Right. Yeah, very true. Yeah, a lot of them got re-released as well, didn't they? So just incredible, really. I mean, such a watershed year. When I was a kid, I remember all these toys being out on the shelves at the same time. But when I grew up, I didn't clock that these toys were 86 because I think of them more as like the season two cartoon characters, which is obviously pre-movie. Whereas when you say 86, you instantly think of movie. 
Yeah. So many of these characters obviously show up in the second series of the cartoon. And so they're more, I think, identified with pre-movie despite coming out in the year with the movie toys. You're talking about combiners mainly? Yeah. Pretty much them, isn't it? Like a superior on all those characters. Yeah, it is the combiners. I think all the, looking at the list, all the non-combiners are still season three, but they still kind of have that season two vibe to them, even then, some of them. Uh, but yeah, all the combiners were season two, weren't they? Mm. But you're you're right. They do feel distinctly different and they do feel kind of pre-movie. Well, apart from Predaking. Yeah, apart from Predaking. All right, Mass. All right. And he wasn't released here, so he doesn't really exist. <laughs> it's just a myth. Yeah, it's an American thing. It was a European thing too. A majority of European countries got Predaking. It's just us that didn't, really. Just the, the UK. UK. Yeah. We got the best comic. <laughs> we got the, the better comic, but we didn't get all the toys. We got the comic that advertised the toys yes, <laughs> really well, but we didn't actually get the toys to kind of yeah. buy them. We just got to live with them in our imaginations, which was great. They were planting the seed of future adult collectors, yeah. like making this gap in our hearts of the toys that we wanted based on characters that we ended up loving that we could only find in adulthood. Yeah. And it's just set us up for this whole thing. It's funny you say that, actually, and not to kind of jump ahead. But actually, for that exact reason, Predaking, for me, for so many years, was this legendary toy. Like, I can't for even many, tell you. yeah. Yeah, oh, man, I can't even tell you. And when I finally got a G1 Predaking, and it was the first time I'd seen it up close, you know, really, when I got one in hand, I was just thrilled. And I still, yeah. I still even now... It's a toy that I can look at on the shelf and just think, wow, like I Agreed. actually own this. Like it's incredible to me. Well, I can't think that because I don't, but I agree. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're still trying to find a vintage one as opposed to a reissue. Is that still where you're at? I'm not really looking for either at the moment. I have to tell you. Right, right, fair enough. You're off, off your vintage kick at the moment. Thank you, podcast distractions. But uh, no, I haven't been looking for a Predacon in ages, but I'd yeah. love to have them again. I've had two Predakings uh, in my collection. Never owned one. Never owned a set of them. I really hope you get a chance to experience it. I really do. Yeah, man. Do just get that Japanese reissue set. Honestly, it's just so so nice. Uh, you know, it's still vintage, but it's got all the metal bots as opposed to the initial plastic ones and whatever. It's a great set. Really good and still quite achievable. I think. Yeah, uh, Andy Ride Crankcase on Twitter. He's on the mm. other, the Transformers the Show podcast. Mm. He bought one and he said it was something of a grail because I think it's quite expensive yeah. now. But I was looking at the photos of that recently. It's like ah. Oh, I think this is going to have to be one of the more recent purchases that's probably ahead for me. Yeah. I think it's one of the last great G1 toys that I've never had or anything like that or really experienced. Oh, it's a must-do then. It's an absolute must-do. It's a watershed moment in any collection, a vintage-based G1-inspired collection, I think. 100% agree. It's just such an incredible toy. And I think the fact is, is that, I don't know, like the other combiners are great, don't get me wrong, but they're teeny weeny aren't they they're kind of you know small whereas this is the one g1 combiner i would say that you really get that sense of like incredible presence and it's because it's heavy as well you know if you get the metal version it weighs a ton and it just has this kind of presence and feel to it and it's all uniform colors it looks fantastic and yeah i just can't say enough nice things about it the the wings attach weirdly to the the combined mode that's kind of the one bummer about it i would say but other than that it's, it's just, not a deal breaker it's not a deal breaker no it's not a it's deal nice. breaker I, I was surprised by that when i first got it i was like huh is this how the wings attach they don't feel very solid but other than that honestly it's just all win all through yeah. even and even sorry i know i'm banging on but i was gonna say even the robot modes and the animal modes are just wonderful yeah Razor Claw is a is a treasure, as is Dive Bomb. Yeah, I, I really is it. Rampage is the the tiger. Yeah, 
fantastic toy. Really one of my faves. I love Rampage, actually. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, I think him and Razorclaw are my two favorites, so that's it. But the whole the whole thing with it is that it feels like five individual big toys as opposed to the other combiners, which can feel like one big toy and kind of four little guys, you know, four, four limbs yeah. or whatever. This doesn't feel like that. It feels like four proper transformers like if you had individual four hot, toys sorry five i should say <laughs> yeah five individual toys five like if you had five hot rods you know it's like five hot rods st- like size yeah. toys that just happen to combine it's like that wow and not a peghead in sight the other interesting thing about these non-movie toys is they're all gimmicks aren't they they're all gimmick laden toys like you've got the combiners the battle charges you've got a other than the mini vehicles uh the triple changes everything is a gimmick group or motorized yeah do you think there's an element of it feeling like they've just chucking everything else they had left you know everything they still had from diaclone in a way i see what you mean but at the same time they were also quite big ticket items like mm-hmm. um something like a metroplex or a Triptychon. you know the city mode is it's a gimmick you know it, it's a play pattern thing but it's still big ticket and i think things like metroplex sold so well yeah you know massively Combiners, yeah, you know, it was a leftover Diaclone thing, that fantastic phrase, Jizai Gatai. But uh, again, it <laughs> was such a huge part of the offering. Yeah. And um, yeah, Triple Changes, again, fantastic toys. So yeah, they're gimmicky, but look how they've lasted in the affections of everyone in, in the decades since. Because it just feels like from this point, there's a definite break, isn't it? It's all has reproduced toys from this point on, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think there is anything else that comes back in from Diaclones there or really other places. It's mostly all from now Hasbro developed molds, isn't it? From now, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could argue, you know, other than stuff like Stepper in the Japanese line and oh, yeah. Twincast and th- those kind of things. But, but that's Japan. We're, we're but talking yeah, about certainly in terms of new molds and things, yeah, yeah it's all it's all new, all Hasbro yeah. designed. Well, uh, Skylinks is uh, Toy Box, isn't it? Toy Box or Toyco, one of those two. Toy Box, yeah. Oh yeah, but that's this year, isn't it? That's what I mean. From this point on. Everything is like you've got the target masters, headmasters, and gotcha. action yeah. masters, micromasters, all those things. It's almost like a vibe if they've just like whatever's left, chuck it in here. Yeah. And from this time, this way forward, it is the Transformers now. It's not Diaclone. There's nothing left. There's nothing else. Just get it gone. Let's do something new. And it's just, it's fascinating yeah. to look at like the toys you end up with here because there are just so many like classics and really like infamous toys, aren't there? Yeah. Stuff that turns up in collections every yeah. time you see a collection. There's like, there's a Metroplex. Maybe it's half a Metroplex that is in there. Maybe it's a, a Metroplex that looks like it was coloured after Autobot City in the movie, for example. Yeah, right. It's like orange or brown somehow. Should have called it Ubiplex, like Ubiquitous Plex. Right, yeah, there it is, yeah. But uh, that is a toy that bizarrely turns up in a lot of collections. Uh, and, oh God, you see some of them, don't you? Just looking like an absolute state. Yeah, you can tell that is the marquee toy of that year, just in general, beyond Transformers, mm. isn't it? Almost everybody seems to have had it. And like you say, everywhere you look, it's there. It's always in the second hand, like uh, the secondary market, sorry, second hand shops, people's lofts. It's yeah. that toy. If you think about it in the UK, it's probably the biggest Transformers box that we would have seen in stores yeah. up to that point. Maybe discounting Jetfire, which, you know, it was obviously large in a different dimension. But in terms of actual like volume, something like Metroplex's box, I mean, we didn't have anything like it up until 1986. Certainly by that point, yeah, I guess it might have been outclassed by Scorpion Arc and stuff like that later, and certainly by Fort Max, but yeah, in the the, uh, following years. But yeah, absolutely up until that point. Uh, I'm sure I've mentioned to you guys that I have a very distinct memory, Uh, I think I mentioned it on this podcast at one point, of uh, getting Metroplex for Christmas. Yeah, Um, peaking uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I I did. I I snuck a look. It's the one and only time, uh, and I say this 
hand on heart that I've ever peaked a look at a present in my life. And uh, I just remember feeling awful afterwards. It was like this weird mix of giddy excitement because it was something I was so thrilled to see, but equal like huge amounts of guilt, just, you know, having kind of ruined my Christmas surprise as it were. But yeah, it was, it was still thrilling to, to see it there under the tree. Um, yeah. And I mean, what kid wouldn't be excited to get Metroplex? I remember that so strongly as well, that, that Christmas opening that toy. And just, I remember the box more than the toy itself. Like, I remember just looking at the box. They just have that effect, don't they? The photography, you just sort of, it's like you stare into it and through it and every part of it. Amazing, incredible box. It really is. It's toys like that that I remember really clearly from Toys R Us shopping back in the day. Metroplex's box and then the year after Scorponox box. I felt like I saw them on every visit. And ever since collecting as an adult, the amount of Metroplexes just in the secondary market just helping out the Space Bridge with trying to organize his garage before and after toy shows, we were able to line up a domino line of Metroplex boxes like leading out of his garage around his car. There's just so many out there. And yet, it's what we always say, isn't it? When you get a nice one, it's totally worth it. And I do yeah. think there's a lot of people... It's For me, it's another of those toys that I think it... I don't know, maybe not in the same league as stuff like Rekgar, where we've said, you know, you really need to have a nice one to kind of fully appreciate it. I think there are a lot of people that still like a good Metroplex and they, they enjoy the toy. But I think still the difference between a sort of so-so, slightly yellowed, or even, you know, a really knackered Metroplex and one that's like properly mint is it's a chasm isn't it yeah those squeaky legs do you remember that noise (laughs) that's so much of metroplex is the noises i can't remember another toy before that where it set my imagination on fire like that because it was like having a small building wasn't it? it's like supposed to be a small city so it's a base and stuff like you had play sets before but this just felt different because it had the ramp and all sorts of stuff and then it never made any sense like the the little uh, arches that go on his chins yeah and they're like supposed to be base for the car but you're like how did they get in because his feet are there yeah that's <laughs> true makes your imagination work that toy you were just saying earlier how it makes a difference to have a mint metroplex i've always felt it was more important for that toy to have all its accessories because i've yeah. had um used metroplex before and uh, for me it was more once it was loaded up with all the guns all the missiles all, all the parts and attachments on his shoulder and on his back all the building bits and the kneecaps then it felt like a real sight. And it didn't matter that the stickers were knackered or it was a bit discolored somewhere. It just looked like the real deal and a whole lot of toy. And for me, it was always more about having the parts to really appreciate it rather than that one in particular being mint. Yeah, I could see that as well, actually. I mean, uh, it, it's definitely one of those molds that benefits from having, you know, like the guns on the back of his shoulder, for example, on his right mm-hmm. shoulder. Um, the the one aerial, because he's got, you know, one that pops in and out, doesn't he? And the other... Yeah is one that you have to kind of uh, put on the guns on his uh, on his actual shoulder sides as well you know plugged in his knee pads i think when you take all that stuff off he still looks great but he definitely looks more bare without it whereas when you fully load it up and he's got all the different spikes and all that kind of stuff going on just can't be beat i just remember that uh, the first time flipping over you know the hidden double laser cannon oh yeah so that's sort of on the underside of his um uh, helipad yep. and it pops up at his shoulder and the first time doing that was just such an yeah. amazing thing because you feel like you're transforming something like a secret hidden like weapon or something like that and it's just such a cool feature as that spins around yeah i, I love that gimmick i actually love the way that you have to turn the one of the antenna just slightly just to, <laughs> yeah. turn it to the side to flip the the guns out and all of that i love the little rocket launchers in his boob i love 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 the the whole runway gimmick, you know, the ramp. I just think that is just one of my favorite bits of G1 
There's just everything about that toy. I just think is absolutely fantastic. Stickers too. I'll, I'll never forget the helipad sticker. Even though I never no. owned that toy, the the helipad sticker graphic stuck in my mind for years from catalogs, from the box art, everything. Yeah, absolutely the same here. And it's there's something about the mold and the design of it as well. The face is amazing, and it just has this presence. And like the size of it, I'm always surprised by actually how small it is. Yeah. Uh, now here's the thing. So today, as you may be aware. And here's a, a Metroflex, if you will. But uh, wow. I Which was actually his name in Japan, Metroflex. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah. But I uh, picked up a Metro Titan, and uh, which is, you know, a beautiful design and definitely rivals Metroplex for me, maybe even better, you know, in terms of the deco. It's nicer. It is nicer. It's, it's, it's I remember lovely, being yes. knocked out by that toy in person. Old green eyes. It's absolutely beautiful. But it still got me today, just, you know, getting it out and everything and looking at it. Just how small it is. I was like, oh my God. It's and I, I own Metroplex, you know, I have it right there. So it's it's not like it should come as a shock. But still seeing Metro Titan, it's still like I have almost have to remind myself every time it's not a massive toy. I mean it's the same size as like Jetfire and stuff like that. Yeah, if you put ultra magnets next to it, it's not that much difference, is it? No. It's that it's that kind of toy. But it's I think as well, it's because we talk about it in the same breath as City Bots, don't we? That's how we, hmm. we group them with larger toys and larger characters. So we thought of it as a larger character. So you expect it to be bigger, even though you own it and know it's not. Yeah. In your mind, it always is bigger than it actually is. Hundred percent. There's there's a really good picture online of um uh, I think it's actually the car robots Brave Maximus. Um, but still that mold and then the great robot base from Diaclone, the original toy, not the one that's coming out. And then I think it's actually um, Metro Titan, the three of them, because they've all got kind of similar color schemes. There's a great picture. I can't remember whose blog it is or what have you. I think it may be Soundwave's Oblivion, but he's got the, th- the three lined up together. And the picture really shows you just how tiny Metroplex is versus those other two toys. Honestly, it's really funny. Well, he's got those G1 Autobot trailer wheels, hasn't he? He's got the same wheels yeah. that you'd see on a Prime or a Magnus. That really should set it in scale for you if you've never seen it. It's obviously got like a rolling battle station mo- uh, mode as well. And yeah, it's basically got Magnus wheels on it. So, you know, don't be too surprised when he's the same size in robot mode. I would like to get one like the one I had with the kid, which had the rubber tires, because the one I've got now has got the plastic wheels. Yeah. But oh, I love those rubber tires. The rubber tired one is nice because it also comes with the chrome thighs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is the one that is susceptible to snapping at the waist, which is just why there tends to be fewer of those around. So when they did a, a production change on that one and made it plastic wheels and unpainted thighs, yeah, I guess they strengthened the waist joint a little bit on that too. But mostly the reissue is rubber wheels and, and chrome thighs. Yeah, there's just something really special about Metroplex, isn't there? Just like his look. You see him now, and he's more he's more humanized, isn't he? Like more human proportions. Whereas the vintage toy is very unapologetically square. I think it works better. It looks like a load of buildings have just stood up. Yeah. That aesthetic is just fantastic. And it's very... It's so uh, diaclone, it really is. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's, that's what draws you to it as soon as you see it. You're like, oh, because you see all the little details, like the, on his chest, he's got the circular thing and everything feels like it's something. Hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. I have the Encore, the reissue, and it's... Honestly, I love it. Like, I wouldn't worry about getting a vintage one or whatever. The, the Encore does the job very nicely it's got the chrome thighs it's got the rubber wheels it's absolutely phenomenal honestly straight out of the box and again you can pick it up for surprisingly little because when it got reissued no bugger wanted it that's true it's one of those that didn't get too much attention but it's not as easy to find now as it was no we'll also say of course you can attach 
scramble city bots to him in multiple locations. If you want, you can have him in robot mode and attach two aerial bots to his shoulders and a couple of protector bots on his shins, which is pretty fantastic. Same with Metro Titan. Or Stunticons or Combaticons if you wanted, you know. He's very much a part of Scramble City. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that feature as well. Just don't snap the heads off. Yeah. (laughs) And I suppose that leads us to Trypticon, doesn't it? When did you guys first experience Trypticon? Because for me, it was when... Really? Yeah, I had uh, Titan's Return Trypticon, but I've never experienced G1 Trypticon. Wow. The first time I saw one was at AA in 2012, just on the shelf. But then the next time was at, uh, you know, Nelly... uh, is a customizer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nathan. Nathan Ellis, yeah. I was at his wedding, and a lot of people bought him a boxed one as a wedding gift. And this was just before the reissue then came out. You know, remember the platinum toy? Hmm. But for me, it was years later. It wasn't until I was given all those toys as part of the haul from a boss that it's the very first time I got to experience one. And man, what an amazing toy that is. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I see you'd love it, Maz. I mean, I'm sure you're in no doubt. Yeah. But it's, it's really, really phenomenal. It, again, that was one that, for me, was legendary for so many years. Like, uh, just Trypticon, what? Like, I'd seen the character in the cartoon. And knowing Metroplex so well, it always felt like it would be on a par with that. And I got the, uh, is it the Platinum reissue? Is it mm. Platinum? Yeah, it's yeah. Platinum toy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that's the one I've got. Which is not as good as the encore metroplex just in the regard the thing that just takes the sheen off ever so slightly it's not a big deal but it's it's those pre-applied stickers um it's not even tampos or anything you know it's just literally that they've factory applied all the stickers and they look fine but some of them are just slightly misaligned or whatever so it's not what you would sort of sit down and do yourself you know so it's just got that slight thing to it it's a bit like getting a pre-stickered toy but other than that the reissue is great and i wouldn't be without it but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic toy. I think for me, I love the dinosaur mode, but it wasn't until I fully got into the two alternate modes and kind of explored them that I was like, okay, I get it now. This toy is actually really legit great. I never really found myself attracted to it as an early G1 collector back in the late 90s. There was just something about the fact that it didn't have a robot mode. Always struck me as a toy that didn't feel designed for Transformers. And this is obviously coming from a very ignorant place of, of never having experienced it. It just seemed to be more Zoids uh, than it ever did Transformers. And the way its head sculpt looked in Dino mode was very much supportive of that. I just looked and I thought, I don't think I can get this to fit in with my collection. And this was probably before I had any knowledge of the fact that you could attach bases, you know, like the other Scramble City base guys to him. So it wasn't until that reissue came out and I started really going back to G1 in 2015-ish that I started to look at it and think, that's a toy I'd like. And then came Titan's Return and and that toy was incredible. And nowadays I'm far more likely to try and hunt down the Triptychal. That's so funny. I love base modes too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think there's actually a lot in there for you, like if you were to get one, because yeah, it's got all the play value. It's got lots of little bits and stuff with it, you know, little add-ons, a bit like Metroplex that all kind of do different stuff. It's got, what's the little dude's name? Full Tilt? Full Tilt and Brunt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is just great. Yeah, really, really good. Um, And right up there with kind of uh, Scamper and Slammer and those guys. It's motorized uh, too. And for years, I used to hear about these legendary, uh, what was it? It was called Dutch Bot, this amazing Dutch convention. Yes. And they would race Triptychons at this event. And the Triptychon race was always a big deal. So nowadays, I would absolutely love to have a piece of that. And actually, I I really want to give a a shout out to a collector who was at TF Nation this year. He came over from Holland, longtime collector. His name, and I'm going to pronounce it correctly, it's Hodert, Hodert Walter. 
And he has probably the world's greatest Trypticon collection. He has everything Trypticon, even to the point of having animation cells and test wow. shots and stuff. It is a stunning collection. Please remind me to share photos of his collection. He'd love that. And he's just a top bloke as well. And I bet he was there during those Trypticon race days. No doubt. No doubt. But if, if someone like him can be inspired to basically let go of everything else he owns, Transformers-wise, and purely focus on that one character, yeah, there must be something special there. Uh, has he done a TF Source interview before? Yes. I, that's where I, yeah, I was going to say, I remember this collection, and when you said about all the Trypticons, I remember seeing pictures of it and thinking, yeah, no, I know that. And that's, yeah, that's where I know it from. So, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. I think he bought something at TF Nation from Paul, which was Trypticon related. And um, it was extraordinarily rare, something pre-production. And I do wonder if he's documented it yet. And if he has, uh, maybe we'll just drop it into our um, Triple Takeover socials and link back to this episode because that collection is absolutely worth seeing. It's, it's something that you'll not see ever again. Do you know, it's funny because you wouldn't think off the bat, would you, that there was enough Trypticon related stuff to kind of fill out a whole collection, but evidently, evidently there is. Man. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. But I think it's honestly a legendary toy. I'm, I'm looking at mine now. I've got that one in the Beast Wars 2 version. Do you know, when you were here, Maz, I wish you'd said I'd never seen it before because I would have loved to have got it down off the shelf and shown you in dino mode and stuff. Well, look, when you're confronted with all of Transformers, <laughs> something's going to get left out even after 72 hours or however long it was. We Don't give me that old nonsense, honestly. But no, it would have been a fun one to do. We could have raced it in Gigastom. Yeah. Next time. Why did we not do that? Next year, guys. Next year. Exactly. Something to look forward to. But I, I do think it's a good toy. And I like the, the compatibility with the Scramble City guys and all of that as well. The motorized gimmick, the walking thing is fun. The only thing I would say is that it can be um, not like a problem about getting it to stand like still and stand just straight, you know, on flat footed. But uh, it definitely makes it more challenging in terms of a display. There's an issue with the Platinum one, isn't there, where the little foot spokes don't sit flush like the vintage toy. There is a bit of that on the Platinum one, yeah, for sure. That That is a thing on the Platinum toy. Uh, although even with Gigastorm, which I have, which is you know obviously the, the original Beast Wars second version, there is a, it, for me it's the fact that they don't, they're the only G1 uh, mould that I own that doesn't go in my cabinets they're not deep enough yeah. um so they they stand so far out like the snout of the dyno mode and everything uh you know i've got 28 centimeter deep shelves and they just go far past that uh, and it's the only g1 toy that does that so uh, i've got mine at to... an angle you know because right. of, uh, cause there's no way to fit it in so all the decepticons are just around either side of him in the gaps exactly that that's the point could you fit him in sideways yes absolutely yeah. do you yeah. remember those uh incredible goodbye convoy and goodbye megatron gift sets from japan which are from 1986 and they came with these posters that you had all the the entire cast of 80 85 and 84 autobots and then you had metroplex's gigantic head behind them and then you had the decepticon yeah. version as well which is the entire decepticon range and then you've got trypticon's head from the side looking extremely godzilla mate that would be the way to display it well it would except that <laughs> it's difficult to recreate that feeling of it when, again, he's like the same height as Galvatron. <laughs> Do you know? That's the thing. So this is the other thing with these toys is that actually, and I think in a way it's accentuated more with Trypticon because he's supposed to be like Godzilla, as you say. Just put him with the Action Masters. He's so tiny. He's so tiny. It's just, it's quite hilarious. All right. You say uh, tiny, but I mean, if someone has never experienced this toy before and you were to place that toy in his hand, 
their first impression would not be that tiny, would it? No. I mean, unless they'd sampled the Titan's Return toy, and then it really is tiny. Yeah. Well, you know, but it's it's just it's more in comparison to the other toys at the time, that's all. It's still a big toy, and it's still one of the marquee toys of the of the year. You'd know about it if you had a shipping fee to pay for it, basically. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's a big old box as well. Uh, it's it's uh, it's quite funny. I do like the way that you have to spatchcock him to transform him. That's <laughs> yeah. one of my favourite features about that toy. <laughs> Just literally split him down the middle. There you go. Always trap your bloody finger in there and all as you close oh, yeah. it back up. Very much so. Very much so. It's actually one of my son's favourite Transformers toys. Um and he, he really likes the Titans Return one as well. Why does but he like for, it so much? Is it to do with it being a dinosaur? That, the walking action, but he... But, so I thought it was those two things. I thought it was the dinosaur and the walking action, and that he that, that would be it. But actually, he spends a lot of time looking at it in base mode. Just loves the base mode. Really likes the, the ramp feature, so you can kind of spring full tilt down the ramp and some that stuff. Loves that. Um, definitely the walking feature ranks pretty highly too though Um, but also it's very easy to transform so it's one that he can flip back and forth between modes and uh, you know without much effort and just all round hit honestly he absolutely loves it I was just going to say as you know when they have these races uh, with Triptychons do you think they just play everybody what the dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) what they're doing you're just getting drunk was not was reference bingo card picked (laughs) amazing but, uh, yeah, so God, I'm annoyed you got there first with <laughs> this one and living in a box. That's just, I've got to get there first with Africa by Toto somehow before the oh. end of this podcast. <laughs> you got, you got to work quick to get, you know, ahead of Liam. <laughs> but, uh, so just before we finish on these guys, so Trypticon is also a refugee of this sort of cancelled Diaclone combining line, the Jizai Gatai, was it? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because of the compatibility with the combiner leaders, like your onslaughts and your and your motor masters. It doesn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me. And also, the scale sort of makes sense. And we have had plenty of dinosaurs in Diaclone. You know, we had the yeah. the, the pre Dinobots. We had Machine Dragon as well. It's not something that would have looked out of place in yeah. that line had it continued a couple of years more. And Brunt and Full Tilt are quite similar to Six Gun, uh, Slumber and Scamper in style, aren't they? Yeah. In that they're little toys made up of other toys that sort of combine. I would say so. Yeah, Brunt, especially in that regard, like them sort of making up thing. But yeah, I could see it being of that origin. I honestly don't know whether it is or not. Mm. Uh, I'm sort of looking up at it now and just thinking, is it? Is it not? Where did you come from? Yeah, because in a way, it feels more akin to Metroplex than anything yeah. else. It doesn't necessarily feel like the other toys that were being designed from the ground up in Transformers either. It doesn't almost feel... Almost certainly uh, probably started Life and Diaclone, almost certainly. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't feel like it fits with Blur and Hot Rod and those guys. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like a, a very alien toy to those. If you put it next to Scorponaut, though, it's quite funny because Scorponaut, obviously, his counterpart is Fort Max, but he's ginormous. Whereas Scorponaut scales with these two much better, doesn't he? It feels much similar in style and to handle and just his play features. And even his little partner body is another little dude that pulls to bits. They're all very similar. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let me ask you something, since you guys probably own all of the toys in reference to this question. If you look at the Titan class versions of these guys, and Omega and Scorponok and Metroplex, Fort Max, all these guys, and Trypticon, and then you've got the G1 scaled ones, excepting Fort Max, which do you think you're more likely to go to and want to play with now? Like, What do you think (laughs) represents the best accessible player value? Would you typically go for the really nice new ones, which are huge, tons of features, compatible with loads of toys that are available? Or do you think you'd pick up a G1 Metroplex or a G1 Triptychon or a G1 Scorponok and get more enjoyment immediately out of that because of their size? 
for me, it'd be definitely the G1 toys because it's the size, sort of the accessibility, but also, you know, there's an obvious hint of nostalgia because these were the ones we wanted as a kid so much or had and all that stuff. But there's also the feeling nothing feels compromised on them. They feel like they were designed to be the way they were. Whereas the taller ones, one of the things I always have is they're great, but they feel like they're designed to be that toy and the cartoon. So you notice the stuff that's not there. More than when you look at the vintage toys, you don't, if that makes sense. So like the, any missing features or stuff feels magnified on the larger toys. So I always feel like there's some element of compromise. I, I 100% agree, to be honest. I, for me, it would be the G1 toys every time. And I'm, I'm not just saying that from a place of, you know, extreme nostalgia or whatever. I'm sure, like Liam said, that is a big part of it. And, you know, in my mind's eye, as familiar as I am with it, Metroplex is still a hugely desirable toy and Scorponok. Those two especially, mm-hmm. actually, maybe even... And it sounds mad because, you know, Fort Max is like the the one, but probably even more than Fort Max in a way, just because of childhood nostalgia. You know, those yeah. two above Trypticon and Fort Max, which I only, you know, experienced as an adult. But I think there's an accessibility with them. I do think in a way the smaller size makes them more accessible, whereas the modern Titan size can be a bit unwieldy, like particularly the big Fort Max size, you know, Titan Fort Max size can be a little bit I mean, for us as adults, it's great. But like watching my son play with them, it's like a real process. You know, it's cumbersome, <laughs> it's isn't like it? It's, yeah, it is cumbersome watching him trying to manipulate them and stuff like that. And I, I do also slightly um, worry about his fingers in some of the joints and stuff like that. If I'm being honest, um, I mean, I've had the Titan Scorponok. I love that toy, but I've had it snap back, you know, topple mm-hmm. backwards and caught my finger in the back of the knee joint and kind of, you know, ripped ripped some of the skin off and stuff, and that wasn't pleasant. Since that day, I've always been like, hey, this is one that we'll play with together. How about that? And uh, just because of that reason. And uh, whereas I, I think the other, you know, the G1 toys, by comparison, are pretty... I don't know, indestructible and kind of accessible. and But also, I would agree with Liam on the gimmicks and the features. Like, if you think of something like like Metroplex, but Scorponok, again, is probably a great example of it. They just, they have all those gimmicks built in from the ground up, and they're really kind of designed with those gimmicks in mind, whereas the Titan ones often feel like they're imitating something that has already come, and they they miss a lot of the original gimmicks or they try and replicate them in a way that's just not quite as fresh. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not dissing those toys because I do like them, but they're more imitations of a, an original thing. For me, like the vintage toys feel like toys that were designed to be played with, whereas the new ones feel like uh, things designed to look like something first for collectors that also have to be toys at the same time yes. to fit into like a price point. So there's a lot of things missing. And obviously the vintage Metroplex toy, his ramp can touch the floor, not like that generation thing. <laughs> It's less apologetic. Yes. No, I completely agree. I just think all four of those toys have some insane gimmicks. I mean, Fort Max, so many gimmicks, just incredible. And again, running through them with with old 7-0, you know, just the sheer, and you know this, Maz, from playing with it with your daughter recently, the sheer volume of gimmicks on that design that the, the modern Titan just can't touch, really. Absolutely. Mm, the amount of time spent on the very brief period of time that it was out of its box, <laughs> which it now lives in again, it had more playing time from her than I think the Titan versions did in all the combined two or three years that I had all those versions and they were out. Yeah, I mean, sitting down and playing with Brave Max, actually, but the same same mold with my boy. I mean, we spent probably a whole afternoon just going through different features and stuff and the number of... 
you know, and those moments was was palpable, honestly. And I really felt like this is a toy that is sustaining interest over an extended period with the boy, you know, versus the Titans, the modern Titans, which are cool on account of their size. And you get that initial, you know, it's so big. But then actually after 20, 30 minutes, we're, we're done, basically. Do you know what I mean? And he yeah. wants to move on to something else. And that's, you know, that's fine. But the old stuff takes it for me personally. That's it. Those gimmicks and those toys feel like they are for kids to play, aren't they? That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to excite yeah. you because to play. Whereas in there, it's a lot of, oh, there's this. And you're like, it's that thing from that cartoon from 40 years ago, rather than it being a gimmick to play. Although there are some of those in those toys. Uh, being unduly harsh on my part. And, you know, another thing that, uh, talking about the modern you know, interpretations. Another gimmick that they don't have, of course, is that they don't combine with the Scramble City guys, which honestly, like the more we talk about it on this podcast and that, the more enthused I get about it. I guess because it's a gimmick that I did kind of appreciate briefly as a kid, but I always feel like I've never made the most of it. Like I've never really sat down and, you know, like I've never taken Hotspot's kind of little mobile repair bay base and got Metroplex's base and kind of sat there and done it all in a photo or whatever. Like a and Silverbolt's weird ramp base thing that he's got, you know, and and plugged all the little limb guys in. I've just never kind of done that. But in a way, the smaller scale of those guys is similar to what we're saying about the G1 city bots, isn't it? Do you think that because you get now like massive third party monstrous sized limbs and things but do you feel i always feel like in a way that the the smaller scale of those planes and all those cars and things made them more accessible in g1 as well yeah yeah absolutely i think now a lot like you're saying there about the play features i think a lot of the massive ones sort of missed the point it feels like making something massive to replicate the scale of a cartoon or something like that rather than like here where the smaller toys that sort of fit with the smaller large robots even they just feel more fun to play with together don't they they feel like they go together better that's 86 in a nutshell isn't it it's just it seems like the birth of the play pattern of yeah interconnecting toys whether it's combiners or attaching these guys to the bases or even attaching them in robot mode you're gonna have to do that six so you're gonna have to get that metro tight i really am aerial bots it looks great i did it yeah 20 years ago and i thought it was ace back then and i was taking photos like on my bed at my parents' house on a really horrible wallpaper. With the pillow. I still see those <laughs> photos pop up on the internet. It's ridiculous. That's my wallpaper from 20 years ago. But to see you do it with um with these guys, and I just think like if either of you with the dioramas that you've got access to just got Metroplex out and just attached all these like other guys to it, Hotspot, Silver Bolt, and I got a day. just took a photo, a scatter yeah. shot, just if that works. I don't know if that one works. But I mean, how good would that look with the scattered um, rocks and stuff that you guys use in your various dioramas? I would say for me, I find it very hard to do that because I've got those guys in combined mode in my collection and I just know that the ramps are in the box in storage somewhere. Right. In order to do a photo like that, I'd have to go searching in three or four different places to get all the parts necessary to create that, plus the fact that I don't actually have a Metroplex. Oh, yeah. No, my, my my ramps are quite accessible. Accessible ramp. Not at all apologetic and, f- and fully accessible, which means that... Yeah, you know, that's, that's me all over. Yeah, there you go. I didn't think as a kid I realised they were supposed to combine it. I realised the joints were the same, but I just assumed it was like a reused joint. You know, like, it was just similar because you could plug stuff in and it was fine. Well, like where the heads go in and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, like on Metroplex's shins or those yeah. little ports, the fact that they are pegs. Because obviously didn't have Trypticon, so for me I just assumed they... I knew they were the same. I just didn't realise... I never connected the dots that they were supposed to go in together. Pretty sure I've got a memory of probably not reading the instructions properly and realizing that you could do that. And I've got a memory of like one day realizing that the head could go in 
uh, on like one of the the cars or whatever, and just being like, <gasps> you know, yeah. like it was like a real revelation. Obviously, not with my aerial bots. I remember doing it, but I, I, I thought I was just doing it for the sake of it, you know, like just because you could just putting other stuff where it's, yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, these fit. But it wasn't until I was an adult. But there's like, there's a special magic to that, isn't there, about discovering those things as an adult that you can now suddenly because you can afford all these things, you can put them all together. Definitely, kinda, it's like connecting with your childhood self again, but in a different way. It is. Maybe you can afford all of these things. I don't know. Not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wouldn't want to do it with Metro Titan. Too I much Superlink be... for you, man. That's what you're yeah, exactly. Way. It's not cheap, bruv. Yeah. Get off the Superlink train, mate. That's yeah. it. It's a bad <laughs> drug. It's been a bad trip. No, it's been a great trip. <laughs> you're spoiling yourself. But I, I don't know if I'd want to try it with Metro Titan. I think I would be super nervous about a head snapping off inside Metro Titan. I think that would just be... Uh, that would be a disaster. Time really does spoil everything, doesn't it? I, I, these thoughts didn't cross my mind 20 years ago. Like, no. Oh, Can Metro you imagine, Sony. though? Oh, superior. Yeah, plop, plop, plop. Didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Didn't even think about it. Can you imagine now, though, like if I snapped off an aerial bot head inside my Metro Titan? That would just be... Nah, man. That's not where you want to be, is it? Then you'd have to buy new toys. <laughs> I'm buying another Metro Titan. What you were just saying to old Nick Roach today, how you, you're struggling to fill the time since you're no longer searching for a Metro Titan. Well, this would give you purpose and, and the goal again. It'd keep you off the streets, mate. Yeah, sure. That's it. You've got, you got to keep me off the streets because otherwise <laughs> I'm just up to no good. You'd be up That's the butt. thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there is a thing that a lot of people won't know the reference to and they're going to make some assumptions now. Thank you very much for including that. But, you know, I just think that that play pattern of, of those limb guys and everything, oh, yeah, it's got to be done for sure. Yeah. Absolutely got to check that out. I think uh, it's just one of the best bits. It's one of the best bits. Yeah, it is one of the best bits. And it's great to know that those combiners can have a life outside of being a leg or an arm or a torso, that they can completely be something different other than just the special team. They can be part of Metroplex's expanded city mode versus Triptychon's expanded city mode. And there just simply aren't enough good pictures of that stuff around. Yeah, I remember taking pictures of Hotspot's little repair bay mode. And a lot of people were like, what is that? You know, it was like a, a bit of a curio for, for you know people that hadn't seen it. But I think that stuff does make more sense in the context of it being part of a city that, you know, actually, if you combine it all together. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of like pre-Micromaster stuff, really, isn't it? Like, we didn't see that again until you got all these Micromaster bases that could and stations that could kind of <laughs> combine together. <laughs> I just always remember being, as a kid being, like, awed by the fact that there was a ramp inside, you know, a Motormaster. Mm. Like, just like, what is it? Like, what is this mystery thing? And, and on Silverbolt, the way you have to widen his legs, so, like, he looks like he couldn't stop a pig in an alleyway, and then you shove a ramp <laughs> up him. <laughs> That's twice he's managed to fit that analogy into to the podcast episode. It is. It's one of my favourite expressions. Oh my gosh. Got to get it in there. It's what they said to Silverbolt. Sponsors there. <laughs> yeah. Right, moving on. The Transformers will return after these messages. Right, well, it's that time for the part of the pod where we talk a bit more about our sponsors. Uh, before we get there, I just want to mention that, uh, you know, obviously picking up on our discussion about uh, Scramble City combiners and that kind of stuff, we are actually going to spin off into a couple of mini-sodes on those teams specifically. We have done one already on com on Combaticons, haven't we? 
uh, a very lively one with uh, Liam talking quite enthusiastically about Combaticons. And oh, as I recall, toys. anyway, that's my memory of it. Yeah. It was a good one. Excellent toys. They are. And uh, yeah, so we will do the same on some of the others. We're going to do one on the Stunticons coming up very soon. And I'm sure we'll fit in Aerial Bots and uh, what are the other ones? Protector Bots. Protector Bots, man. Yeah, only the best. Only the best. I'm sure we'll do those at some point as well. And, you know, maybe we'll do a bit more on Predacons as well. Who knows? But yeah, do check out the Combaticons mini-sode if you're not signed up to our Patreon already. It's sitting there waiting for you to listen to it, and we'll have more on the way very soon. But for now, we are going to look at our sponsors. So firstly, we're going to turn our attention to tfsource.com and check out what they've got in stock and available for pre-order right now. What's caught your eyes, gents? For me, uh, I'm going to go for Sound Blaster, the legacy core class repaint of the Soundwave. Uh, when I got the little sound wave, uh, people were telling me it's like toy of the year, and you know it's just a tiny sound wave. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's Great. all right. I bought, I bought it, and then not long after, I just completely fell in love with this thing, and it's not moved from my central desk position right under my monitor since I bought it. And I think it was just the fact that no, it just looks so good, doesn't it? It's just the one of the best looking paint covered posable little transformers that there is, and the fact that it can do the lamppost mode is just brilliant and now they've done it sound blaster colors and i just think well yes i absolutely want another one in a slightly different color scheme to stand right <laughs> next to it i mean who wouldn't so that's my shout absolutely she's got a new hat yeah. maybe he's been to our rebel store and got some of those new <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no that toy is just perfect fiddle fodder isn't it you know just how many desks that you pick up and you just move move it about a little bit pose it put it back down turn it into a tape deck all of that stuff I've covered him in the Diaclone Combat Chronicles Snap Together accessory pack, which has got like radar dishes and wings and jet thrusters and little electric saw kind of thing. Because he's covered in like five millimeter pegs. And this thing just functions entirely on those size pegs and even the smaller ones too. So he is like completely loaded out with gear thanks to this spare Combat Chronicles set I had. And to think that I could have another one with more Diaclone coming through my doors... I could give him another set of really cool accessories too. And because he's that size, he photographs brilliantly in things like Prime's trailer or, or a Metroplex or a Triptychon. I mean, he was just perfect size for a really nice Cybertron-esque photo shoot. And uh, yeah, I totally want that Sound Blaster. That's the requirement for toys to be added to your collection, isn't it? Must photograph well in Prime's trailer. Yeah. Otherwise, it just goes on a solid background. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Liam? Oh, mine is the Legacy Tarn. Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, mm, very much so. Yes, indeed. Sometimes they nail these toys like so perfectly. And this is one of those where you just look at it and you go, it's got everything I would have wanted from yeah. a toy like this. It looks amazing. It looks like it'd be so much fun to handle. Did you see Mark Clonus's uh, Instagram post? Uh, one of the designers, I was saying no hollow parts. And yeah. just he, he was really keen to point out that we've really put a lot into this one, guys. Like this one's premium. I did. It's one of those, you know, that stupid thing Instagram does where you load it up and you see something you really want to see and then it just refreshes and just removes yeah. it. And then you have to go and try and figure out where it was. Yeah. You know, you have what? to scroll down like about 15 posts yeah, to try and find it again. It's annoying, isn't it? So that was 10 minutes the other day. But yeah, that was great. I, lo- I love those insights he gives. This toy just looks fantastic. In every photo, there's no part where you look at it and go, eh. it's all just wow. It's perfect. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah, it really does look exceptional. I- I'll look to get that one too, I think. Yeah. I think... Um... With our reread of More Than Meets the Eye, it's just all coming back, all that pleasure of these characters and this story. And I think this would be the perfect way to pay tribute to that. 
if it's going to be as good as it looks. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I would agree. I think it looks amazing, honestly. And we're just at the cusp, obviously, in our reread of uh, or read in my case mm. of uh, of Tarn having been introduced. So well, you technically yeah. have no idea who this guy is, do you? <laughs> uh, well, I do now. <laughs> Let's put it that well, way. But uh, yeah, because I've I've read those uh, those issues. So oh yeah, um, mm, more on that later. More on that later. Very <laughs> much so. So yeah, he's uh, it's very exciting. But uh, funnily enough, I'd sort of looked on the back of, because I've got the uh, MMC Overlord as well, which is really quite stunning. I briefly had a, a sort of flirtation in my mind of like, should I try and track down that time? Like it's, you know, it could be kind of fun to do. But, cool tool. Uh, cool tool was good. Yeah, yeah. No idea on how to get it or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that's a story for another day. But yeah, that uh, legacy one, honestly, I mean, if not, that looks fantastic. It just yeah. looks really, really good. And uh, it's had such a positive reception online, and rightly so, because you can see that they've poured a lot into it. What's yours? Yeah, what you want? Tough one for me. There's loads of stuff in stock, actually, with TF Source at the moment. Like a lot of fans' toy stuff. Like they've got their new Trailbreaker, which is called Outrider. Um, I think more than that, Hitch. Uh, not, I know, <laughs> not, not laugh at that. Dude. I know, I know, I know. Not Paul Hitchens. They called one Thomas. They could have called this Paul quite easily. You know, it would be funny. Yeah, would have been quite a specific reference. But uh, yeah, old uh, FD twenty six Hitch. I think is their hoist. Is it Will Smith like the movie Hitch? Someone. No, it's your wedding planner it just goes around with Eva Mendes planning weddings. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. That would be fantastic. But uh, no, it's it's their hoist that looks really really good, and uh, and just the the new Getsui uh, Raiden combiner, you know, That's which right. the Get Shorty sequel nobody knows. <laughs> wow, mine has been shipped from TF Source, so I, I am looking forward to that very yeah. very much. Is it coming by train? Just shut up. <laughs> just maybe shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't send him off the rails, Liam. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to stay on track. That's what he's trying to do. Absolutely. Anyway, full steam ahead. Let's have a look at our next sponsor. So that was TF Source. <laughs> That's me banging my head against the microphone. <laughs> I was trying in. to move us on. I was trying to move <laughs> us on. I thought you'd be pleased. Go right ahead. Okay, right. I will. Thank you. The light's green. Okay. So, yeah. That was tfsource.com. Uh, do check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs. Uh, next up, we have kapowtoys.co.uk, so UK sponsor, uh, but they do cover certain parts of Europe as well, so do check them out. And what's got your eye there? Now, I mentioned uh, not too long ago that there was something on the website that um, I had found, and I wasn't going to oh, mention yeah. it until I bought it. Now, I'm halfway through that purchase. They're, they're digging back. for me. So uh, I'm still not going to mention it until it's in my hands. I'm not risking someone else getting there first. So I, I will mention how good it was when uh, when I've got it. You are, you are a tease, aren't you? Yeah. But for this time, I'm actually really surprised to see this on there. The Legends LGEX Big Powered Exclusive. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, at TF Nation, I was looking for a Titans Return top spin and Twin Twist. I really wanted them to go along with the Diaclone Twin Twist I bought at the show. And uh, Fancy Dan found the, uh, I think it's the Roadfire from this set, which is the Twin Twist mold. And he found it at Kapow, loose, out of the set. And it was like £30. And I have regretted not buying it ever since. So whoever got that got absolute steal. But if you miss that, the whole set is here again, and it's a discounted price as well. And uh, it's just a gorgeous set. They've used in like three of the best molds that Titans Return had, especially the Jump Starter mold. And the Diatlas is made of that fantastic Sky Shadow Overlord mold. This is a gorgeous set, and it's one I've thought about repeatedly. It's a great price as well, actually, for yeah. that. It's really, really good. And as someone that owns the originals, 
I would say that the the look of these is great. Like they appeal in a way that a lot of modern Transformers don't always. Do you know what I mean? Why are you pulling a face? Flexo over here. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm making a point that you know that I'm comparing them to the original toys. I liked it earlier when you were like, "Oh, when me and my son were playing with Brave Max." Like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. and he's already talked about <laughs> Metro Titan as well yeah. this episode. But well, so I own the originals. I, you know, I, I can't help it, can I? Come on, you! <laughs> what, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to not talk about these toys? <laughs> but yeah, this this set, I've got it, and it's fantastic. It's so much fun to pick up, like, and just mess with. For the record, I don't have it. It looks phenomenal, honestly. Yeah. Really, really nice. Colors are great. They give a diatlas a spine as well, you know, because the other ones can be pulled apart, can't they? Like a duocon. Oh yeah, this one can't be separated. That's right. Yeah. Although you can just pull it apart if you wish to take the little chain thing out. Got to do a fatality on him. Remove the spine. <laughs> yeah. And they can combine, can't they, into the actual big powered mode? Yeah, yeah they can. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. there. I had to double check. It would have been kind of silly if they couldn't do that, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. Separate uh, powered. Is what yes, they would have called exactly. it. <laughs> Little powered, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is kind of the main feature of the name. But uh, yeah, no, it looked, looked fantastic. So what about you, Liam? Oh, yes. This. Oh, my God. I don't know, you must have seen this, but it's the Heat Boys Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles HB0012 Leonardo. Oh, yeah. It is like yeah, yeah, yeah. a freaking Leonardo. That's like a Terminator robot from space. That's incredible. Yeah. No It question. is amazing. It is amazing. It's mad that this exists. Yeah. Sorry, Heat Heat Boys. Yeah, yeah. They're very warm, them guys are. But uh, <laughs> they're making hot toys over here. So I'm typing in Heat Boys and I'm. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm going to get what you're into talking your path, about. Not into normal Google. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be my mistake, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I have seen pictures of this, actually. Uh, it looks amazing. It's insane, but it looks amazing. Just look at the details and stuff. It's incredible. It really is beautiful. It doesn't need to do anything. It just needs to look like that day in, day out. Yeah, but it, it does do everything, like the amount of accessories and like the poseability. And then have you seen the little pod for the turtle? It goes in the back. It's like a little mutagen canister. But it's, it's, it's got a dianaut. It's got yeah. a little turtle dianaut. It's amazing. It's got a turtle knot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Man, every facet of it just looks amazing. And they're making a party wagon, is that right? Or what's that supposed to indicate there? There's a picture with a sort of shaded out party wagon. It comes with parts. Uh, the little pilots and stuff can go inside it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because those things are tiny, so that's going to be really small. So I don't know if that'll be packed in later, but you've got the wheel covers already there, so I'm assuming... Well, right, no, but, right, listen to this, mate. Listen to this. Check this out. So if those little guys are dianaut sized and they make that party wagon, that party wagon yeah. could be great robot base Cosmo Roller size. And you know that Cosmo Roller was repainted the into turtles, a Turtles yeah. toy. So this is backwards nostalgia here. Yeah. And you could put that little party wagon into the great robot base, the new one. It, it's, it's written in the stars. There you go. That thing, if you look at the picture of the shell where it opens up and it's like a beautiful canister with the turtles, it's so Gundam. It just looks amazing. Like all of it. I really want this. Raphael's my yeah. favorite turtle. Uh, I'm so was... into this as well. Yeah, Raph, that's the one. It's going to be yeah. Raph, isn't it? Have they only unveiled Leonardo so far? No, no, there are pictures of all of them, but this is the one that's closest to production. This is the one where you've got actual pictures of the toy and collars and stuff. Uh, fair enough. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, is it Raphael for you? It was always Donatello for me. Oh, Raphael's the best turtle, man. Yeah, it's Raphael for me too. Yeah, yeah. It's the cool one. Yeah, it's fine. You're welcome to both be wrong. It's the wise cracks. Yeah. Although from this from this set, the Michelangelo one looks like the best one. It's just covered in guns and rocket launchers, like tons and tons. It looks like a walking tank. That is such a cool thing. I can't even yeah. get over it. And I mean, 
Yeah, I'm just a bit blown away by it, actually. Is it actually the same size as like the Dinauts and everything, the little turtles? I'm assuming they must be smaller because the toy's nine inches tall. Right, yeah, probably then. I think it's more like a Gundam sort of thing, but although, it's amazing. Although nine inches tall, that sounds kind of like dire battles to me. Well, I suppose, yeah, actually. Yeah, and the Triverse guys. It's probably not far off, you know. Maz, you're going to need it, mate. It's going to be dire oh, compatible. It's getting added to the list. I think I'd love to have one of these. And that party wagon just looks wicked. Imagine if that goes in Great Robot Base. It fires out a party wagon. Imagine if you put this in the MP10 trailer with all of the bits going around it, man. Pizza wheels. Sold. Yeah, it looks phenomenal, honestly. Absolutely phenomenal. Could you have just one of these, though? Wouldn't you need all four? They're also unique as well. That's the thing that makes it like you do definitely need all four. I'd be fine with one. Six (laughs) oh. Okay, well, (laughs) going back to me. uh, There's so much on Kapow, isn't there? I guess with all of Legacy just having been... uh, Not Legacy, sorry. What's it called now? Evolution. Legacy Evolution. uh, Having been unveiled. So many interesting-looking toys in that. You've already mentioned Tarn. Uh, old Leo Prime, although I still yeah. always going to be Leo Convoy to me. That's caught my eye, definitely. I do kind of think the Lion Mode looks a little bit odd from certain angles, but the Robot Mode is all win as far as I'm concerned. It looks absolutely phenomenal. So definitely into that That's one. Amazing. Yeah, really, really good. Thought that Needle Nose and Hot Shot both look really good as well, and uh, yeah, just generally lots of exciting toys. So probably one of those. But I had noticed on Kapow that along with um, Old Big Powered. They've also got stuff like the Piranacon Generation Selects Piranacon up there, uh, Siege Omega. So there's there's a few things, isn't there, that they've brought back that they've obviously yeah. got some new stock of or whatever. So well worth checking out. So yeah, anyway, that's our two sponsors for the evening. Uh, thank you very much to both of them. We really, truly appreciate it. And as we've alluded to a few times now, it's a bit like the dream team as far as we're concerned. Uh, so yeah, do check them out. tfsource.com for all your Transformers and third-party needs and kapowtoys.co.uk if you're in the UK and parts of Europe. So thank you very much to both of them and uh, appreciate it. We now return to the Transformers. We've talked a lot about gimmicks, but two toys in another subgroup are the Battle Chargers, Runabout and Runamok, who bring back the pull them back, watch them leap and transform gimmick. Did we all have these as kids? My cousin had uh, Runabout. I think it was only like the second or third Transformer he ever owned. And like the other one, Skywarp, I didn't get any playtime with it at all. I was not allowed near it. And it was this amazing black Lotus Esprit. Yeah. So when I got the chance to go to the toy store, I didn't get the same one. I had to get the other one, which was the Runamuck. So yeah, man, I had Runamuck. I'm not sure I did. You know, I, I knew someone definitely as a kid that had Runabout. Uh, never saw Runamuck as a kid from memory anyway. Uh, but I definitely knew someone that had a Runabout. And it was, uh, I don't know, it did intrigue me. I always thought it was a super cool looking toy even though, well, they've obviously got, by modern standards, a degree of compromise, don't they? Yeah. This whole year, it's a real mishmash of different styles, but these guys yeah. in particular are really different, aren't they? Yeah. They literally just pop up, and that's it. Like They don't really even have arms. It's just the flaps of the cars and the guns sit on the shoulders. They're like pre-throttle bots, aren't they, in a funny way? Like, they've got the, the same Definitely. body shape and, and all of that as a throttle bot, but with the pullback and transform feature, which actually the throttle bots don't have. They don't transform. Yeah. But then these run into faults down, you know, they get yeah. so floppy, they, yeah. the back wheel slides back and they don't stand up anymore. It doesn't stay closed. The bonnet just keeps popping out. It doesn't stay compressed. 100%. Loads of issues with these. Yeah, yeah. The, the spring features just don't kind of hold together in the same way, don't they? I think on most copies, to be honest, it's fairly common that I do kind of wonder if maybe with the throttle bots the year later, if, you know, the designers just kind of went, well, the battle chargers didn't quite work. So let's just make this a bit right. simpler 
and they're vastly improved as a as a mechanism and as a playable toy. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot more robust for sure. These guys looked wicked. Yeah, I mean, even on the card, they look incredible. Mm. They've got amazing head sculpts as well, but they've become like iconic characters as well, haven't they? It's really yeah. funny how these characters do. Like the ones where you on the surface you look at them and you go, ah, oh, they're not quite as exciting as the other toys in a way because they don't really do much. But then like they just go off on their own to become just amazing characters. Do you think infiltration is is the reason they've become a lot more noticed? No, was it not Marvel when they're? I, I was going to say, yeah, I think actually their Marvel appearance, Marvel, oh, okay. uh, Marvel US actually issue because there's the very kind of iconic cover of them graffitiing and writing "Humans are wimps." I think it's on the Statue of Liberty from memory, yeah. and uh, writing "Humans are wimps" with kind of the backwards letters and things. And it's one of the kind of classic Marvel Transformers covers that everybody seems to remember. And uh, definitely the fictional portrayals is what's kind of cemented these two mm. kind of goons, if you like. Uh, and they do prop up in the cartoon as well. Yeah, Five but... Faces of Darkness, wasn't it? They were, yeah. in, uh, they were in Trypticon. Yeah. Or they were stealing something from Metroplex. I can't remember which it is. There's another one, a bit like the Frogbots that we were talking about on the minisode, where the animation models are just very square and blocky, but it just really works as a simplified, just cool-looking robot. It's really hard to find them with good stickers as well. Because yeah, they have such hard. strange sticker sheets, just like thin strips, especially runabout. It's so hard to find them with nice stickers. The stickers, honestly, you can forget about it, I think, on a second-hand copy. Unless it's like genuinely never been touched, yeah. the stickers are going to have come off, honestly. But there's a lot to admire about these toys, actually, as well. Like, Although the fact that they are kind of a bit like the gimmick doesn't really work. You know, it's not that robust a gimmick. It can go wrong. And as you said, because of that, the car modes can sometimes not hang together properly. Runamuck suffers terribly from yellowing. Yeah. Like hugely so. It's one of the worst, I would say, of 1986 in terms of yellowing. Uh, it's like, don't put it anywhere near a window. But there's still a lot to like about them. I think they look fantastic in both modes. They are super sexy toys yeah. and uh but both got kind of a different appeal to them as well like i love the fact that runamuck is a kind of off-white yeah. and the orange with him really stands out and looks amazing but conversely the red and black on runabout is just so sleek so and yeah. i love the fact that actually although they are essentially the same toy they've got different car modes and yeah. they're, they're not straight up repaints of each other no I mean, the shoulder gun is something that I always thought was hyper crap, but yes. I can appreciate now as an adult collector. But uh, I really would love a mint set of these two. More than most things in 1986, I'd love a really nice set of these two. And it's really hard to find. Yeah, it is. I got lucky with mine. I got actually um, a very damaged card for run amok. It was sealed, I'm going to be honest, but I unsealed it. Um, but the... <gasps> I know. Uh, but to be honest, it was worth it because the card was completely knackered and very yellowed. The bubble was like, I mean, you could barely sort of see through it. And uh, it was one of those where I was like, this is a risk. You know, this is a total risk. Like the toy could feasibly be completely yellowed through the bubble, which, you know, we've talked about with Generation 2, that sometimes the, the kind of UV and everything seems to go through the bubble. But actually, I think this era was much better for it. The bubbles just didn't have the, the same you know, it's kind of better quality bubbles, maybe, I don't know. But I remember just kind of, it was slightly coming apart already, but just actually taking the bubble off the card. And it's perfect, honestly. And it was just so lucky, but it could have gone very horribly wrong. Did you get it down a country lane? I don't recall, actually. I don't think so. 
Um, but maybe. No pigs running through Silverbolt's legs or whatever that. No, there wasn't any of that going on. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> well, he couldn't have stopped him anyway, honestly, with that gimmick of his. <laughs> they just got up the ramp and shot back. Just pigs going through that guy's legs like nobody's business, honestly. But no, I don't, re- I don't recall having to woo anybody's dad in order to make this particular acquisition. Other gimmicks as well, we saw, you know, because they're very similar to the Throttlebots going forward, but we also saw the return of Triple Changes coming from the past, didn't we, into this line mm. as well? Because you've got Sandstorm, Octane and Broadside. Yeah. And Springer, but obviously he's a movie toy, so mm. he's not part of this chat. We were speaking about this before, weren't we? We were saying they feel very, like, classic G1 pre-86 in sort of feel and style, don't they? I would say so. Even Broadside. Yeah, Broadside. I mean, this... This broadside has so much die cast in it. Oh. Yeah. It's just a, it's a block. There's a delicacy that's very similar to Blitzwing, I think, in Astro Train, in sort of feel, in the way it feels. I think the only thing that separates them slightly is the size. Like, if Octane and Broadside were a little bit smaller, they would feel more in line with, like, yeah. Blitzwing and uh, Astro Train. They're, they're a little bit bigger. But other than that, they feel very similar. Honestly, Springer is actually the outlier for me, just purely because it's not Earth-based vehicle modes. Yeah. And Springer is probably the worst of all of them, like in a funny way. Like I, I and don't, the smallest. And the smallest. Like I don't dislike Springer. It, you know, he's, it, I definitely like the toy, but he's not as good as Sandstorm, for example. I mean, let's, you know, we'll talk about Sandstorm, obviously, yeah. but, uh, but, you People know. People who've seen the artwork for the episode may know yeah. that we will talk about Sandstorm. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Patreon artwork. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it's, honestly, I think they're all good toys, but they do kind of have, as you say, that old quality to them. Yeah. So I got Broadside and Octane recently. That's a lie. I got Octane in late 2019, and I only got to open him today. Wow. I decided Where's I... he been? Well, he's been sealed in his box this whole time. I just haven't gotten around to opening it, but I could have left him sealed and let you and Sixer talk about it, but I thought, no, I'm finally going to get around to opening Octane, and I did finally open Octane today. And um, I-, I love it, and I know he comes Good. in for a lot of, uh, lot of harsh words, but I really thought I would love that toy, and I absolutely love his modes. I think that jet mode is fantastic it's, it's a jetliner okay it doesn't look anything like the prototype the prototype was meant to be pan am and it was supposed to be an articulated oil tanker and all that stuff but he's still beautiful he, he still has a mega head sculpt he's got rocking great jet wings sticking out of his back in robot mode yeah he doesn't have the chrome hands of the prototype but that's probably a good thing yeah <laughs> all feet well he's kind of got feet they're weird he's got he's got thighs and then he's got what looks like a stool i think <laughs> there's no shins or knees <laughs> They are weird legs. I can't argue with that. But I mean, this is what I'm talking about at the start of the episode. So I took this guy out of the bubble today, first time. And because it's so old, some of the adhesive on the factory stickers has started to fade. So the corners of the wing stickers where it meets the body had lifted. And I didn't know because it was sealed toy. The first thing that happens when I open the wings, I realize those corners have now folded and creased. I'm thinking, well, that's brilliant. That's what I wanted of a perfectly untouched sealed toy is creased factory stickers, which I now can't do squat about. Thankfully, they're hidden in in robot mode. It's only in jet mode that I'll see them. But, you know, this toy with its chromeware is ridiculous to try and find mint. Yeah. And that's why I eventually agreed to buy a sealed copy. And it was great price. And even then, I'm touching this chrome tanker part. It's completely beautiful chrome. And I can already see there's wear on it straight out of the box. Things like this weren't meant to last. To uh, I, I think that that chrome trailer piece, honestly, does it even exist? Mint? I don't know because it just it seems to have wear out the box. 
I should think so. I, I just opened a, a sealed one today from yeah. 1986, but no, it's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. I swear it has wear out the box. I've seen so many examples of it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something now. You, you're gonna hate Maz, honestly. But I actually have two. Um, this show just heard what I'm about to say in my head, and what I just said, and the two are actually unrelated. This is not what I'm about to say that you're gonna hate. I was about to say I have two octanes, and I thought that's the bit that you're gonna think that I'm gonna say that you're gonna hate, but that's not. The I'm bit. so confused. Just spit it out. Come on. Right. So I have two octanes. One is a ko i knew that yeah you knew that i had the ko yeah no i know um but actually the chrome on the ko is perfect weirdly if there's one thing they needed to get right it was that though yeah as, as a bootleg company isn't it they needed to get that right and that's why i still have it it's because the the chrome is honestly perfect and i have a very 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 nice octane vintage octane and the chrome is is great on it don't get me wrong but it's you know it's actually slightly better on the ko if anything I'm just beyond caring now, honestly. After Broadside a couple of days ago did exactly the same thing with the wing stickers, like precisely the same thing. It's peeled and first transformation, they've creased because that's what age does to toys. I don't even care anymore, man, honestly. This Octane is like you put the wing shield in his hand and it's floppy. It doesn't really sit in his hand very well. And I think even the instructions advertisers putting it in the bottom part of his fist instead of the top. Like that's where the instructions show you insert the rear wing shield. But I, I don't care. I mean, that's, it's a really pretty toy. Yeah, I don't is. even feel the need to put the stickers on. And I went to some lengths to get an Octane sticker sheet. And then I got the sealed ones. I've got two of them now. But it's just a really pretty G1 toy. It's full of faults. It's got tons of wear spots. But I really like it. And I'm not disappointed with it. Whereas I can't say the same for Broadside. Oh, well, well, we'll come on to him, but uh, I just wanted to, to say one thing on Octane, because this was a toy that I had as a kid, so I've got a lot of time for it, a lot of nostalgia. Uh, there's a lot of bits about it, like the the kind of weird shoulders, the way that they kind of fold around and things like that. Yeah, but, and they're not easy to move either. No, very they can get really stiff, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's got a ridiculous chest and stuff like that. But have you seen that you're actually able to kind of peg the chrome battle tank a bit onto the side of his arm like a shield? Ah, okay, that's where it goes. I was looking at it, trying to put it in his fist, thinking, well, that would be a good place to store it. But okay, so he goes on the side of his arm. It can peg onto the side of his arm. I don't even think it's in the instructions. I don't think it is. No, I don't. never see pictures of people doing it. So I think it's just one of those things that people generally haven't kind of, you know, worked out about it or whatever. Someone told me about it ages ago, and I was like, oh, I must give that a go. And it works really well. Looks fantastic. Where do you store the Kodak box? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question yeah indeed that's the legendary toy isn't it with the kodak well, i'd love box to just on get box. one like a vintage kodak film box and just prop yeah. him up on it recreate it. in my collection do that yeah is it on the top of the vintage packaging yeah it's on the top of the vintage yeah. packaging. on the little transforming bit that you can exactly see that it? yeah yeah fantastic so yeah I t- to me despite what we we're saying it's probably the most different triple changer overall I guess just because it sort of feels different to Blitzwing and Astro Train in terms of it mate. being a bit I bigger. I completely or... disagree. Do you think? Yeah, I think it's totally in line with Transformers because it's so simple and it's got that element of I've moved one part and I totally see that this is now a plane part. I move one part again, that's a truck part. And then you just fold the both parts over and okay, it's a robot. I think it's got way more in common with the whole triple changer vibe than something like Broadside does, which is just epically ridiculous that's interesting the only thing i would say on octane actually just to, in a diss yeah i know he's, he's really wanting to get there isn't mm. he the only thing i would say on octane that is just funny to me the bit that i would say is a 
let's say a degree of compromise is the tanker wheels is it on top of the jet mode oh yeah that is the bit that i could say that's is legitimately really yeah, that's, that's not good that's the bit yeah. that i would say is legitimately bad yeah. about this toy the one thing and the molded uh, wheels at the back of the tanker as well which just sit off the ground you've that's got the true. ones that roll yeah there's little things like that but even astro train has that in train mode it's got yeah. like, the molded wheels that don't touch and that's why i think it's got a lot more dna of those 85 yeah i'm seeing what you're saying than, than maybe some of the others. I'm seeing what you're saying. Tell us about Broadside then. Yeah. I like Broadside, you know. Do you? And when I first put him in my display... It's not the impression. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I thought, that is a gorgeous head sculpt. I love the colours of it. And I think the fact that it's got an aircraft carrier mode is wonderful. I love that it's got so much die cast in it. Yeah, I think I, I just need to own up and fess up and say the fact that I, I botched the wing stickers on the first transformation has soured me to the point where I just, I'd never want to see him again. But I actually really like the toy, I have to say. I know it's garbage in terms of it's not. the fact that he, from his shoulders down to his ankles, he's basically one piece. But it's still cool. I love his accessories. I love that you can plug those missiles on the pegs on his shoulders and have them pointing up, which is not in the instructions, but it is in the art and uh, like in the pictures on the box. No, I like, I like Broadside. I'm, I'm messing about. I really love it. I just wish those stickers weren't scuffed, but I'm just getting used to that now. Get some repros, man. Go f*** yourself. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, I I knew you. Really, I know you really meant that as well. I, I didn't. I, I think the problem with repros is I actually dread the idea of taking off factory stickers of that size. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it would. It would be a job. Yeah, man. And if you get it wrong, man, just it's just too much of a job. Same with same as with Octane. I'll live with it. I think if I can get nice photos out of him, I'll just live with it. Liam, I'm sensing that you're a like-minded broadside enjoyer. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> Terrific. No, this is. <laughs> This is one of those ones that I really remember clearly getting and being one of those tipping point moments where I was I started to realize Transformers weren't the same as what I loved, if that makes sense, like what I was really into. So I remember picking up this one and being like, oh. it just felt a bit crap. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the boat. I love the aircraft yeah. character. That was cool. The but the jet looks It's terrible. Silly. It's legit terrible. And this is, at that time, this is, we were coming away from the realistic looking vehicles into the movie era, obviously. I've disliked it more then than I do now because it felt like such a, like a really big part of that, if you know what I mean. Like this shift away from the stuff I like. It's a very ridiculous robot uh, jet mode and all right. And he's got an axe. And if he's the size of a boat, what's he hitting with an axe? <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. Triptychon. What kind of fine motor skills has he got where he's just chopping something with an axe? <laughs> yeah, indeed. There's, there's a lot of questions with this toy. A lot of questions. I think that's kind of why I like him in a funny way. Like, look, all, all honesty. I, so I had this toy as a kid. So... There's a lot of nostalgia for me with this toy. Putting that to one side, I can acknowledge that it's a bit crap. Yeah, I get it. You know, the boat mode is just a brick. The plane mode is ridiculous. Yeah. The robot mode is, well, it's another limited. It's another brick. It's limited. Yeah. But I, I still love it. Honestly, yeah. I love all three modes. Do you see all what three. I mean about it being such a departure from... Actually, no. I'd say Sandstorm was a bigger departure from all of the triple changes. Yeah. In terms of- the way it's constructed is that. But yeah, Broadside has the really cool canopy that you can press down. It has the really cool canopy, which doesn't always work, but yeah. it's it's the, yeah, it's still really good. I'm glad it's there. Yeah. There's something about the jet mode that always reminds me of a parrot. Yes. For some reason. Like it, it's, it's <laughs> That's the what shape. I was just thinking then. It's yeah. like a parrot. The shape of the nose cone, I think, yeah. that, that really kind of yes. makes it feel like that. But it still has... Sorry for saying this, Maz. Some amazing stickers. Uh, like the ones on the legs I was thinking of more specifically. Yeah, those are gorgeous, yeah. I do look forward to applying the sticker sheet. Yeah. They're not perfect now anyway. It's kind of given me freedom to go ahead and just 
play with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do think amazing. it's a fun. Yeah, color schemes amazing. Great red and the blue. I like it, yeah. It's a great contrast to the others on the mm. shelf, on the eighty-six shelf. I think it stands in really nice contrast to your Springer and Sandstorm and Cup and Hot Rod and Blur just next to him. It's really different. But there's a couple of things about this toy beyond just the toy itself that kind of create a lot of intrigue for me. I mean, let's we'll come to the obvious point about the animation models and all of that in a minute and the prototype. But there's even stuff like the fact that it's an aircraft carrier. So feasibly, this is one of, if not the largest vehicle mode of all the aerial bots. <laughs> it's the and USS yet, flag. Right, exactly. Like it's what in G.I. Joe is like the flagship toy, pun not intended. And, uh, you know, here it's just a sort of middling size, you know, standard Autobot. Do you know, hilariously, it's probably not that much work to mod a USS flag to transform like Broadside does and just <laughs> right. get it to stand up yeah. as a G1 Broadside. Just paint it on the bottom. Right. Don't need to worry about articulation, yeah. But yeah, it's, that always amuses me. And I don't think as a kid I ever appreciated the sort of size disparity between these two modes. You know, the, I think it's also the fact that he turns into a plane, which would feasibly land on an aircraft carrier. Mm. You couldn't have picked two modes that were more ridiculous alongside each other, really. There's the fact that in the cartoon, he is shown as being so big. I mean, there is a scene, uh, I think it's in The Burden Hardest to Bear, where he's single-handedly fighting Predator King and one other combiner. Which one is it? I think it's maybe... Is it not Devastator? I think it's Devastator. He lands on Devastator, isn't it? Is it Carnage in C minor? No, that's Carnage in C minor. That's Carnage in C minor. I'm trying to think who else he's fighting now, and someone's going to be screaming at their audio device or whatever, listening to this. But it's it's definitely Predaking and one other Decepticon combiner. He's taking them both on single-handedly, and he's the size of a combiner in the cartoon. That's always kind of intrigued me about him. But there is the fact that he looked so different from the cartoon most episodes anyway, to the comic, which I was very familiar with and read, where he's just a normal-sized dude. Uh, he's the same size as Springer and all of that. But then I also remember staring for hours and hours and hours at the uh, catalogue. proto, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which just intrigued me so much. Didn't we recently get told that the reason it ended up so different is because the designer who was working on it left? Yeah. And then they basically had to pick up the work from many steps back and that's why he turned out so completely different to this blue and red thing that you see in the 86 UK catalogue. Pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, I'm sure I've heard or read that somewhere. I can't remember where, though. Wow, it's caused all this trouble for all these years, all yeah. this confusion. But like, I've, I've never got the criticism that people have about, you know, the toy being an aircraft carrier jet. Like, I get it from the cartoon and the scale and stuff. But like, all the things that Transformers turn into, this is where you draw the line. This. Yeah, it's very true. It all probably just starts with frustration at what yeah. is effectively not a great toy. But I just he does have some unique things, like just those uh, metal pegs that you plonk his, mis- his rockets on for robot mode. Yeah. It's really strange. Those are really strange. Um, but slightly susceptible to paint wear, I think, there as well. So you do have to be a little bit careful. I think the fact that he comes with those two missiles at all is kind of weird. Because hmm. not a lot of toys from that sort of era, like none of the other triple changes have got extra missiles and things do they not i can think of just blitzwing well true yeah yeah but uh it it still feels unusual to me with broadside in a way just those two little missiles well they had to give him something (laughs) (laughs) i still like the toy honestly i think the robot mode looks fantastic i like it too i mean i've had g1 toys that i didn't like and i didn't like them to the degree that i actually got rid of them like i think it was ransack i just thought this isn't for me it really isn't but he's not of that level to me. 
I like the toy. I just wish it was still mint. I do think that he looks slightly because he's got red feet and red legs that he's wearing pajama bottoms. It's definitely a toy I appreciate now that I didn't then. I think it right. signified something different when it was coming out at that point to when you look back now over decades of different looking toys and the, just the sort of history of things. Can totally relate. But I've got to tell you, purely from a nostalgia point of view, I love having a very nice broadside on my shelf and I look at it frequently. It's right by the door to to this room and every time I leave, I think I see it and, you know, brings a little smile to my face. But the best one... Yeah, I was going to say, he's no sandstorm, no. Yeah. <laughs> Love this guy. I'm so grateful to you both still that I get to experience it and that you get to be part of that story now. <laughs> nice one, man, yeah. Of, of, of me getting that toy. And yeah, like, this is a toy. It's funny, sometimes you can want something for so many years and it disappoints you when you get it. But this is the exact opposite. It was even better than I thought it was. Yeah. I would have been gutted beyond belief if we'd have picked this sandstorm up and, and you finally got to experience it after so many years and you didn't like it. Honestly, can you imagine? No, the exact opposite. I was so surprised. And then just transforming it, it's that magic of discovering a vintage toy for the first time. And it was just magical, a wonderful toy. This is one I remember from childhood. A friend of mine had it and I remember how distinct it felt at the time. The modes, the head sculpt. The way it transformed, everything about it was different to all the Transformers I owned in a way that I think Retgar probably feels to most people. So having a nice one as an adult is a really great feeling. And it does, nothing about it feels new to me because of my childhood experience. And it's because I transformed it so much as a kid. It was really fascinated me in my friend's collection. So I would over and over. And, you know, the way the wheels fold in and become part of the helicab yeah. is something I've never forgotten the way that yeah. felt specifically, that part. It's such a tidy Transformer, man. It's so, so clever. I 100% agree. I love this thing from top to bottom. I love it. And same as, as you, Maz. I never had it as a kid, but someone else did. And I remember experiencing it and just being like, Whoa, what is this? And there are so many things about the toy that, in a tactile way, just feel so memorable. I mean, silly things like the, the turning of the head with mm. the engine block on the back uh, and the way that it slides down. Um, you know, the, the, the way that the, uh, wheel sort of arches, if you like, the bits on the sides of the legs, oh, yeah. the way they unclip and fold round, uh, you know, is really memorable. I definitely think the way that the, the, the other wheels clip in for helicopter mode, even the, the slightly uh, soft plastic feel of the rotors yeah. and things like that, it's all so memorable, which the foldy for, down orange bit on the, yeah. at the end, even that is like, oh, 100%. I remember that from my childhood. Even the arms become in the pontoons. Even that's just very neat and simple, but it works. Yeah, yeah. That's really clever. And it's got that little peg to make sure it doesn't fall down. Like they, yeah. they sit on that little peg in, in copter mode. It's very neat and tidy. You're right. And and I think all of this for me in a toy that I know I didn't actually own myself, but I still have that level of nostalgia for. I think that tells you everything. Yeah. The thing is, those modes as well, if you think about it, it's helicopter mode isn't as aesthetically dynamic as Springer's. You know, it's not a super cool looking helicopter and even the buggy mode it's not got the car mode that a hot rod or a blur has i sense that as when i was a kid those things wouldn't have drawn me to it and maybe orange just wasn't that exciting a color for a transformer for me as a kid either but it's one of those that once you get past those initial superficial things that may turn you off a particular transformer as a kid there's just loads there and uh, speaking about things that I can never forget the feel of, it's the way the copter blades sit right in the middle of that large orange mm. uh, yeah. extended section and clip in. 
Everything about that toy is highly memorable. It just feels like a whole different level of special to virtually everything else that came out non-movie 86. I think for me as well, it's the fact that the two alternate modes are entirely different from one another. Yeah. Like the the fact that the toy literally almost turns inside out yeah. and uh, and turns into a helicopter. And it you would you may you know obviously the color scheme everything it does tie it together. But you could be forgiven for not realizing that it's actually the same toy. And they're both great modes. They're yeah. both fully cohesive. It's a great looking helicopter mode with very little kibble. It's a great looking buggy mode. And, you know, the buggy and the robot have more similarity to each other, obviously. But still, all three modes feel good. Yeah. Whereas some of the other triple changes don't necessarily have that to the same degree. Right. There's a real sense of a compromise that I think that's really inherent to almost all of the triple changes, except for that one. Mm -hmm. Like, There's always one mode that's like less good, should I say, than the others. But this... All three modes are great. Like the robot mode, it doesn't end up just an amalgamation of parts that hang off anyway. It just looks like a cool robot made from those parts. And then both the car mode and the helicopter look like they are supposed to. They just look fantastic. Really clean as well. Yeah. I would say the one that comes slightly close to me, for me, sorry, is uh, Astro Train. Because I think both both the vehicle modes... Yeah. are really good if anything it's the robot mode which maybe just has that slight degree more bit of compromise just with the short arms and stuff but uh overall still magnificent whereas this i think in all three modes is just absolute knockout and very different to the other triple changes in construction feel and just aesthetics i think it really stands out as the, the very different one i know we said about broadside but broadside's got a lot of die cast in it it's not completely unbelievable that that would have come out in 85 but i think sandstorm is doesn't nothing about it says 1985 to me 100% agree with that it's one toy you know i've got a, a classics version which i'm really happy with i mean it's very nice condition all of that um does have slightly loose legs unfortunately so it does dip a little bit That's on my very copy common problem yeah very yeah. common just it's one that i'm sure i could fix if i really wanted to or whatever but it's not the end of the world it still stands and actually if you do kind of position it properly it's not a problem so it stands very nicely on the shelf but it's one that i would consider getting a metal footed variant of yeah. at some point and i don't say that of many g1 toys actually i'm not really a variance collector as it's such. very difficult to find one but yeah 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 and I of course they so. paint chip so it's even more difficult to find a mint one same low with Springer with its metal chest version. They are tricky variants to find. Yeah. Sandstorm, I would consider. So would you say this is the best toy of the year or what are we, <laughs> what are we going with here? Certainly up there. It's definitely the best non-movie Transformer of 1986 for me. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. It's not quite the Hot Rod beater though. Yeah, it's, t- it's tough to beat Hot Rod. Yeah. Amazing year though, isn't it? But yeah. that toy I think stands out. Particularly now because it's quite new to me as well. I've pretty much experienced them all and it's just that one I think I would pick up the most. Because it has everything. Mm-hmm. Lots of play value. Three yeah. great modes, but it's really easy to transform between them. Like uh, Astro Trainer, you mentioned, he's great, but he just always feels a little bit fragile. You know, there's always that, be careful. And same mm-hmm. with a bit with Blitzwing and stuff like that. Whereas this, it just feels like a toy still because it's quite thick and it doesn't have lots of very thin, intricate parts. You do get them broken, though. Those clips on the, the panel that lays yeah. at the back. Yeah, yeah. That, they break. Those yeah. clips do break and, of course, the collapsing eggs. We should also talk about the fact that it's one of the only Transformers with a sticker on the window that's got a person yes. inside. It's yeah. got a driver on the sticker detail. It does. That's unusual, isn't it? Super weird for Transformers to have that. Yeah, I don't think I even realised that as uh, as a kid. You know, no, if, I didn't. Whenever I saw it or whatever, I don't think... I think it was only when maybe you mentioned it or something that I was like, oh yeah, it is really unusual. 
Uh, you know, it doesn't feel like a Diaclone toy, but it's got the look, though. Some of the leg stickers and things like that. It's definitely 1986. This is a purely 1986 toy for me. It's got that kind mm. of mid-range, you know. Crossover, it's not... isn't it? You can yeah. feel the elements taken for some of the toys in this line. And then the stuff that's going to come later, like you mentioned, with the battle chargers and the throttle bots. Absolutely. It, it couldn't be a 1987 toy. There's nothing no. about it that feels like 87, but it couldn't be an 84 or 85 toy either, in my opinion. Agree. As we were just saying there, there is an element of this year that feels like it takes things from the past. And one of the things it does is it brings back the mini vehicles from 1984, but in all new forms. So we get uh, a lot of retools here, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my second ever Transformer was, was Hubcap. I thought I was getting Bumblebee, <laughs> but it was yeah. indeed Hubcap. Some people still think it is Bumblebee, so... So it's in, in a way, it's kind of like a reissue of that Bumblebee cliff jumper mold for 1986. And yeah. uh, while at the time I felt like, oh, I really got like shafted with this, I've just come to appreciate this toy so much. And, and it's very humanoid head sculpt and just slightly different car mode. Uh, I absolutely love Hubcap. It was a nice opportunity to own that style of minibot. Do you know what really stands out about this lineup of toys, of the mini vehicles, is three of them, and in particular, that are real major stars now characters in pipes yeah. swerve and tailgate all yeah. from the same place mm-hmm. all from more than meets the eye and the idw right. comics and even uh like outback to some extent got more sort of exposure in that one issue with uh was it spotlight cup where he's dead <laughs> god of course yeah thanks nick for that nightmare fuel, <laughs> yeah. by the way <laughs> it's a weird lineup of toys i do you know what? i always forget that it's the 1984 mini bots just repackaged retooled whatever i it always kind and of wheelie yeah, and, and then Wheelie. It yeah. always kind of skips me by in a funny way. But in a way, I think I prefer them as a set to the 84 versions. Like, I really do like them a lot. I love Tailgate. I think the colors are great. Yeah. Head Sculpt is just brilliant, honestly. Pipes, I think, is better than Huffer. Uh, prefer the colors. Love his little seat boobs. Uh, what can I tell you? Absolute uh, tosh. Absolute <laughs> tosh. <laughs> what? That he's better than Huffer? Yeah. Absolute nonsense. No, it's not, man. It's... The colours are better. Fine, just get a puffer. Because then it's Huffer in Pipes colours, and it's even better. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be Pipes, which is the better toy. So it really it's isn't. It really legitimate isn't. facts. It really definitely is. Maz, I'm waiting for him to say the next one. Uh, you know what's coming. What? Well, Swerve. Yeah. It's preferable to Gears, let's put it that <laughs> there way. There we go. <laughs> it's got to be. It's, it doesn't have the Poundland colours, for starters. Wow. It's definitely better than Gears. Oof. <laughs> Look. One thing I will say is the Encore versions of these toys and the recent Walmart, where they actually coloured the eyes blue, do so much for those minibots. Yeah. Tailgate with the blue eye band and yeah, Swerve without the fully red face, which is pants. <laughs> and in no way an improvement over Gears. But when it's actually properly painted, is really super nice. And, and Outback too, of course. I really like those Encore versions of these minibots and the Walmart versions. Yeah, they're all good. They're all good. Outback is great as well. Outback was always one of those that was just like intriguing for me. Comes with a gun? A yeah, comes with a gun. It's with a Megatron cannon. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. A fusion cannon. Yeah, a gun that he can't actually hold. Right. It's just so It just sticks on his back and that's it. That's what his uh, spear tie is for. Yeah, right. It's just so. It's just such a weird toy, honestly. And he's got like. Uh, someone said to me that his chest looks like a condom machine. <laughs> Hang on, please. I've just. I've got to have a look. That's never getting unseen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pointed out during the uh, again the box art championship. Uh, if anything, it looks. <laughs> I just can't believe. 
Was it Santiago <laughs> Jones? Was it him? Who said I think that? it was. He has either, a T-shirt of it, doesn't he? Either that or like a drinks dispenser or something, you know? Yeah, it's got real fruit machine quality, hasn't it? It like does. It does. Hammer the buttons. Yeah, it's it's like a fruit. Yeah, absolutely like a fruit machine. Or like a novelty condom machine or something. I don't know. It's just it does he does have that look about him generally. <laughs> Messy's face just ruined the toy now. I was never that big a fan anyway, I'm sorry to say. Oh, fair enough. It just tipped you over the edge now. He doesn't even have bronze clamps. No, he doesn't have the clamps. He's a little bit more humanoid. I still love it though, honestly. I like it for how distinct it feels versus brawn. I think this one maybe I would give to Brawn, actually, of the two of them. But the others, yeah, I mean Pipes versus Huffer, that's not a contest. That's just not a contest. Says you. Just imagine walking into your pub's toilet at two o'clock on a Saturday morning or whatever, and you just see like uh, Outback's chest stuck to the wall. That would be <laughs> you know, weird. Someone's broke the coin slot. It's <laughs> always the case. <laughs> that would be a strange one. Yeah, definitely. Swerve is great as well. They're all great. It's the length that they went to to retool them all as well. I think it's just yeah. quite a neat little thing. Yeah, that's really neat. I I like Generation 1 for that because, you know, honestly, they could have just banged these things out in the same old colours and just called it a day, and they didn't. Not in the case of these guys, no, absolutely right. And you were mentioning that we should talk about the fact that, you know, in the Toy Fair catalogue, yeah, we got Pink Hot Rod, but also there's White Hubcap and Yellow and Blue Tailgate. So, you know, these were meant to come out in significantly different colors originally yeah i kind of that would have made hubcap a lot more distinct to be honest yeah i was gonna say i kind of can't help but feel that in a way it would have been preferable you know to kind of have a white hubcap with the red face Mm -hmm. uh and then a yellow tailgate because it would have helped to differentiate hubcap a lot i think so as it is to this day still hubcap bumper you know the the other guys they're all kind of thrown into the mix it's like one homogenous soup for some people isn't it they still kind of can't just differentiate between them hubcap is like the forgotten transformer isn't it him and yeah. Bumper, they really are like the forgotten g1 toys a lot of people just think it's cliff jumper um, and they do about the g2 version too they just think yeah. it's a g2 cliff jumper it's like no actually it's hubcap yeah it's so weird the fact that they then made him red right yeah Exactly. I don't know, just lots of strange choices in a way. Uh, I do wonder why they switched the colours. I've no idea. Especially as like Bumblebee was available as in an 86 assortment as well. Yeah, it was almost like if you're going to reuse, it's not the same mould, it is the same mould as Cliff Jumper, technically just retooled. It is, but if you, it's almost like if you're going to use that core design again, don't make it yellow. Like, yeah, do, no, do something different with it. Yeah. Any other colour would have been yeah. fine. Even don't do it red, you know, just do it blue or green or, or white. something. Or white. Yeah, white would have been good. But yay for Mexican Transformers variants because you do actually get a yellow tailgate. Well, it's actually Cliff, it's, sorry, it's Wind Charger. You get it's a yellow Wind Charger with a sparkly blue body and you get a white Cliff Jumper with a red face and you get a white Bumblebee with a red face as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if needs must, you can fill that variant gap in your collection. Yeah, just track those down, no problem. No hassle at all. Last but by no means least, we have to talk about Skylinks. This one was one I only, again, got as part of the haul, was the first time I ever experienced this toy. And this has always been one of the ones that stood out most as not being like a traditional looking Transformer. But it's a great toy. Have you, have you, I've never owned it. I was going to say, have you ever owned this one, Maz? No, always adored it. Absolutely adored it. I think it's got some of the best Transformers box art ever. I've always wanted the toy. I loved his uh, on-screen appearances in the cartoon in season three. Always a highlight for me. And uh, it's never found its way into my collection in any way. 
It is one that I think you would enjoy, definitely. No question. Uh, it's a, a very, very pretty toy. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, I've got the, the Encore reissue, and uh, it's glorious, I think, honestly. Uh, it's The reissue is good enough that I think, why would you track down the vintage one? Do you know what I mean? Unless you I think I'd go reissue for this one too, yeah, assuming sure. no QC errors or bad stickers or anything, I'd go reissue. I'd quite like to pick up the reissue because the tyres on mine crumble every time I pick it up now more of it just sort of falls off but god it's such a massive toy as well it's another one with the motorized gimmick but then mm. you've got the cool dino bird which is just such an inspired alt mode isn't it it's so weird and untransformer like yeah it really is well it's not a hashtag toy is it no so it's toy box so same as omega supreme so isn't box. it um <laughs> so box so box yeah indeed just take the, <laughs> take the credit for it there liam uh my quantum we... leap phase i'm going back in time making these toys yeah. and it's a dinosaur no surprise there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this does look like a toy you would design actually and a space shuttle one of my favorite vehicles yeah it's all coming together wow yeah well it thanks is. for designing skylings couldn't brought us back one could you you're welcome but then liam never got home although mm. i'm here so maybe i did <laughs> i'm so confused uh but no i like that the uh the links mode just turns into like a box i've always kind of enjoyed that <laughs> yeah. that just sits on the bottom the sound of the box, yeah. yeah it's just literally a motor. A box. it's the crawler it's a shuttle crawler isn't it right okay that's what it is you know the uh, the thing they take it out to the launch pad on, right? Okay. They have like a special vehicle. It's like a giant thing, and they cart it out on this sort of a treaded vehicle, and then uh. position it on the landing platform. That's what it is, and it's that's incredible. That it's actually sort of like a stealth playset in a, in a weird way. Yeah. If it only had like the solid rocket boosters, it would be like just complete. Anything that's not there. It is such a bonkers toy, honestly. I mean, it's just so much stuff to talk about. It really, it just doesn't doesn't look like a transformer and yet because of how memorable he is from the cartoon he's become just so iconic in his own way captain you know what I mean? like, yeah captain modesty you couldn't take him out of it now could you and people were so up for the war for cybertron version recently and stuff like that and it's just purely because of how memorable this thing is i think a lot of people that remember episodes like call of the primitives and return yeah, yeah. of optimus prime and yeah. you know they've got a lot of memories about this guy and uh probably more so from the cartoon than the toy in the uk because of course we didn't get it but i just love owning it now honestly it's it's right by uh, again the door to the room it's up the top and i see it frequently and just kind of i don't know chuckle sometimes because it's so preposterous yeah it has such a presence and those, those vehicles are massive anyway like uh i once saw one of the crawlers in real life and it's just this enormous vehicle as is the space shuttle they're way bigger than you think they are right and the toy it's really nice how it captures that because it's so much bigger than most of the transformers toys around it it just is a really wonderful yeah wicked toy i'm so glad i finally got to experience it, it took years yeah honestly the reissue is brilliant the only thing i would say with the reissue is that the stickers are ass they're really not the best uh i might have to get some toy hacks decals at some point and replace the the gold foil stickers on mine because they're just kind of peeling a little bit here and there get some print stick yeah well that's the other option that's the other option so but i mean they, they look nice the stickers don't get me wrong but yeah it's just that annoying thing but just a beautiful one and very easy to find it's weird in the package the reissue because it's just literally the two parts of skylings in a very large box and so you open it up and uh i don't know it's something funny about it it's the fact that there is no accessories no flaff just a huge piece of plastic with these two halves in it and that's it it's quite the experience do one yeah also love the fact that on the the walker bit Liam, do you know like the way that you can sort of press a button, can't you, to have the legs flop down yeah. or keep them statically in place? It's really weird, isn't it? 
yeah, when we talk about then you know about new toys missing gimmicks and stuff, that one is one. Like the Triptocon walking, there's that kind of just toy gimmick. You know what I mean? Mm. Designed to be played with to do something like that. Because the uh, is it Siege or Earthrise? That Skylinks is amazing. Like that is great. But I still think like oh, it'd be nice if it had that. All the bells and whistles it has. But that is still just that weird, neat little moving gimmick. Can talk the talk, but not walk the walk. Uh, it can't walk the dinosaur. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so who's who's the faster dinosaur? Is it Triptychon or is it Skylinks? Pretty sure it'd be Skylinks. Yeah. I think. I've never raced them. I feel like I'm going to have to do that now. But Triptychon's not fast. Triptychon kind of meanders. He kind of does this slightly rocky, rotatey thing as he's kind of meandering along. Whereas Skylinks is a little bit more on it. He's kind of like, yeah, I'm going for it, man. I'm walking. If the Jurassic Park people in that Jeep, they'd have been loving escaping from Triptychon. They'd be long gone. That's <laughs> how Triptychon's catching up with them. Yeah. I would say Triptychon is, yeah, like Skylinks means business. He's like Monday morning coming off the tube, got to get to work vibe. <laughs> Whereas Triptychon's a bit more like lazy Sunday afternoon brunch vibe, you know? That's how I would categorize those two. It's like the two different halves of a day in the life. <laughs> sounds yeah, like. Very much. I woke so. up, got out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> the other exactly. one's like, I read the news today, oh boy. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just picturing Skylinks as Mr. Ben, you know, it's like when they're like London people in a little suit with a bowler hat, just wandering around. I mean, it suits him. Why not? Absolutely. Just a just a bonkers toy. I'm glad it exists. And in a weird way, we were saying about does Triptychon fit and it kind of fits with Metroplex and the origins and all of that. It's funny to me that Skylinks doesn't at all fit with much, but he does kind of weirdly fit with Triptychon. Like they kind of feel yeah. like they could have come from the same origin, even though they don't. But and again, it just comes back to what we're saying about this whole year. Just look at this toy line, man, where you've got Ultra Magnus, Hot Rod, Skylinks. Triptychon. How are all these toys from the same <laughs> in the same lineup? And then combine against sets. Yeah. yeah. Predaking. Predaking, right. Wheelie. It makes no sense. It, it, there were a lot of different design sources for the toys in 86. Yes. It shows. You can definitely feel it's a mishmash of influences and toy lines, can't you? I love with Skylinks that we had this kind of neat little footnote where now he's like quite a popular character. He's not just like a niche sort of cult hero sort of character. You know what I mean? Like uh, for years, if you remember, we always talk about this, but for years that people say, we'll never do combiners again, never do this. Skylinks was always that character that, oh, they'll never do another Skylinks because it just doesn't fit. And now we've had two modern versions of Skylinks because like everything's on the table. I just think it's quite nice that it's quite symbolic of that. That you will get those, you go to those lengths now to get the sort of weird characters. And we got Skylinks like two toy lines in a row, didn't we? Yeah, we got with Combiner like, Wars. And... Yeah, that is mad. Absolutely. So, yeah, what a thing. Love it. That's going to do it for us talking about the 1986 toys. And it's nice to finally get back to this point after we did the movie characters so long ago now. We've yeah. not done a year like this for ages, have we? So it's been quite nice going back through these toys and like just seeing the threads that run through this toy line as a whole. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it was great, actually. I really enjoyed it. And it's nice to come back to it. I can't believe it's been so long. But it, it feels right to have split them uh, in this way and kind of give them their, their proper due. Can't wait to get to 1987. I'm just glad that I managed to get to Octane and Broadside before we recorded. Maz, what's going on in Patreon? Right. So, uh, patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. We've already talked about the kind of perks you can get. Everything from commissioning minisodes, getting a shout out on the pod, and that's coming a little bit later. The exclusive miniseries that we do at Goldbox Classic Tears, just saying thank you, getting early access, voting in episode polls, all that kind of fantastic stuff. Another perk is that anyone in Inner Beast level and higher can ask a question to be answered on the pod. And we're going to answer one that was asked quite a while ago. It's taken a little while to get around to it, but it's from Jackson Arwood. And he asks, 
what are the worst choices for TF Kickstarters? Now, he probably doesn't mean the ones that have already occurred, but more what would be terrible going forward. But of oh, course, okay. there isn't there is an official winner of the worst <laughs> Kickstarter, isn't there? You mean the chess set? You said it, not me. Well, I mean, you have a piece of it. You tell I me. I have a piece of it. I have a piece of it. It was a weird one because someone, I think it was Stuart Webb, I think it was, I can't remember. Someone on Twitter said, put it very eloquently and just said that it was a weird prospect because it required someone to be a huge chess nerd to want to drop the amount of money that we're talking about for a chess set, first of all, but also a massive Transformers nerd to want to drop the kind of money that we're talking about. Those two things really need to kind of overlap. And then you just need to have like a spare what was it, 600 quid or something crazy, like just sitting around uh, to want to spend on this that you're not going to want to spend on regular Transformers toys. <laughs> so I think it was just a, a, a difficult one on all of those fronts. Uh, I think if it had been cheaper and maybe a bit smaller and kind of more accessible, more people would have been into it. But I, it's a, it was a nice looking thing. But I remember when the price went live, it was like straight away people were just put off by the price and it was like it was just the death knell of it honestly um whereas i think if it could have just been done slightly more affordable people might have been more into it and of course we did have unofficial transformers kickstarters as well do you guys remember play with this too who were yeah. looking to offer basically a new line of pretenders yeah, yeah. Kind of, and, and kind of a spin-off from there wasn't it that was a shame that didn't happen that's so many great ideas. But I think with that one, it always felt like they had too many ideas because it just kept adding stuff. The actual toys that you wanted got lost in the shuffle with so many different repays. And I think it just confused people by the end. And, you know, you're dealing with collectors and particularly a group of people who want everything. So when you're creating so many different things, you start to push people out who can afford it, aren't you? As well as people that don't want that much. Yeah, I, I had a lot of time for what I saw of those designs. It was not something I was I was going to back. Lovely. I wasn't. I wish we'd have yeah, them. exactly. I wasn't in the place of backing stuff like that back then do you know what i mean it was it was not really something on my radar at the time but i remember seeing the designs and thinking these are cool these look great but kind of a shame it didn't happen really but hey ho but uh, just in case jackson's question was what can we think of that would be a terrible transformers kickstarter idea do you guys have any ideas i would go with a transformers bouncy castle there we go like the chess set <laughs> like, like you wouldn't back that liam come on man. Ah. I would, but that's the way he knows it's terrible. No, no. So obviously, it transformed from being flat to a full-size bouncy castle. So that's Wonderful. good. But but it's aimed at collectors, and they would never let kids go on it. So it would just always sit in a box and be like completely pointless. And yeah, so mint in box bouncy yeah. castle is a fairly sad prospect, yeah. isn't it? You can't go on there with your shoes on. You can't go on there with your food. It's just a complete waste. Okay, I'm going to say a Titan class G1 wheelie. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. <laughs> that would be the worst thing ever. Just imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> no, not even Titan class, Unicron size, Warfer Cybertron, Unicron size, wheelie. Just a whopping great opening canopy. Yeah. And toilet exactly. seat mode. A massive, it would look like a life size urinal. Honestly, it's the worst. Exactly. Just like literally the G1 toy upscaled to Titan class size. Just imagine it. Like one of them little child cars. Yeah. Just sitting there in the corner of your room, watching you sleep. Couldn't deal with it, man. Honestly, It'd be worse than Supreme Cheetor. That thing would be. Wow, brutal. Yeah, that's that's mine. I got nothing. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I think I could do better than either of those. So. Can't follow up on those. No, that'll do. So, thank you very much, Jackson, for your question. If I do think of something, I'll add it to next episode, maybe. But I, I think those two covered it quite brilliantly. 
Another perk that we've mentioned, of course, for Goldbox Classics tier and Sixos Butler tier is a shout out on the episode. And I'm going to try and get through this without coughing. A massive thank you to this increasingly long list of our top tier patrons. Thank you, Nick, Danny Roberts, Andy, Preston, Chris, Spiderfather, Adam Shoemaker, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Massaro, Dave Dalrymple, Geo Kaiser, Yusufa, John Pearl, Choiceth, Anthony Cars, Alec Mir, Captain R.A., Phil G., Jack Pelletier, Rotostorm, Stuart Webb, Amar, Laserbeak, Puma the Hunter, Vegemite Mike, Peter Hammerson, Shenry, Chris Norris, Jesse Moreno, Jackson Arwood, Nexus, Jim Owen, Aaron Svoboda, T.F. Starfire, Billy Gator, Andy Gold, Cold Squall, Simon Elvin, Joshels, Misha Kidd, Michael Cagle, Cracktastic Plastic, Dan Bestator, Jeffrey Freig, Nice Sideburns Andy, Inbound Lee, John Wood, Kyla Wilmoth, Tim Banerjee, Campbell, Ben Lewis, Shinsei, Lucas Henkel, Mollus Koenig, Malcolm Hobbs, CNC Rick 56, Will Bates, Mythic Gears, Zach Lawson, Jason Murray, David Shepard, The Steam, Duggatron, Quick Mixed, Josh Bell, Ashpolt, Zindios, Christian Hyatt, Mark Alley, Andrew Bentley, Graham Moffat, Connor C, Die Brave Sid, Burke Perotta, Uncrasomatic Boar, Juan Carpintero, Eric Hoyt, Bobby P, Mike Loyokono, Nihar Bat, Tyler Husky, Chris Rodwell, and to all of our new patrons since last time, thank you to James Clark, Alicia aka Alicia Tron, Steve Redman, Fart Warp, Shawnee Sean, Jim Kinsey, Shanty Siegel, James Pascoe, and the Mapes Brothers, who you might recognise. What a list! What a list! Wow, that's like the longest part of the episode. <laughs> it's getting to the Amazing. point where I'm wondering we should do like half of it at the start of the episode and half of it at the end. Yeah, it's yeah, a mini so It's like a bonus. It's definitely a thing now, isn't it? My God. Yeah. Not complaining. No, yeah. indeed. Uh, I'm well I'm well into it. I still enjoy it every episode. It's so nice hearing some of those names that we talk to on Discord and things like that. Yes, of course. If you are, I can't believe I mentioned this. This is absolutely spot on. Anyone who's in a beast tier and higher gets a Discord invite. And that's basically where we just hang out all the time now. It's definitely, yeah. well, there was some conversation about it. Was it today? I can't even remember. But there was some conversation about the fact that actually it's become this sort of little oasis uh, you know corner of the fandom almost that it's so nice and pleasant and just easygoing and all of that that it's uh it's lovely it's really really calm nice atmosphere yeah there's people helping each other out with customs there's people helping each other out with toy repairs there's people uh sending links to sales and well-priced toys helping each other out getting toys making sales on there at a little discount triple takeover price and then, of course, there's uh, my favourite channel, which is the Under Five Faces of Darkness, where the parents just talk about being parents. And we do have a mother in there now as well. We, so have, it's not we just, have a mum. It's yeah. not just dad channel. Really? It's it's fantastic. Yeah, Leisha Tron, who's joined us in there now. Uh, so it's it's an absolutely lovely place to be. And we have so many different channels, whether it's Lego, Transformers, Third Party, G1, Diaclone, just everything and anything. It's a wonderful place to be. And it's absolutely turning into a shining perk of the level of the mini-sodes and the mini-series for me. And uh, can't understate how quality it is at this point. Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely. And I'm willing to stake my lofty reputation on the fact that no other place has as good emojis as we've got. Oh, oh man. The custom emojis that we've got. <laughs> Six eyes a genius with this stuff. Yeah. Well, it's not just me, to be fair. There's a lot of people giving suggestions. But yeah, we, we've got, I think, now 100 custom emojis on there. And uh, yeah. Community action. Uh, I, there could be many many more in the yeah. future as far as i'm concerned love it love doing it big thanks to chris des who uh boosted our discord yes. server and allowed us to have a wider range of emojis so he gets a lovely purple name icon as well yes well deserved so yeah so there's lots of cool emojis and some of them are so good they might one day pop up on t-shirts and shower curtains and stuff like that and guys do you know where you would find stuff like that like if you were so inclined what if you were going to explore yeah if you're going to explore explore 
can head over to rebelbull.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore and check out a range of merchandise from shower curtains and all sorts of shenanigans. And if you listen to our Throttlebots mini-sode, uh, there's something very special that we've just added oh, to our yes. merch store. Yeah. Definitely check that out. And also check out our sponsors for the evening. We've got tfsource.com and for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And then kapowtoys.co.uk. If you happen to be in the UK or parts of Europe as well. So do check out both of those. Thank you very much for sponsoring the pod. Don't forget Diaclone and Turtles needs. Ooh, yeah, Turtles. Yeah, indeed. Man, that thing needs investigating. Yes, everybody buy that. And if you want to talk about the turtle things or anything we've mentioned in this episode, <laughs> or, you know, if you think we've missed something and you want to tell us about it, uh, just drop us a line on social media and you can find us at Triple Takeover or one word on Facebook and at Triple underscore Takeover on Instagram and Twitter. Sixo, where can they find you? I am at SixOTF on Patreon, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, some other places maybe. That's it. And I am at TF Square One on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but mostly Discord now. Oh, yeah, Discord. Discord. What about the Discord? And I'm Toybot Soapbox. Anywhere there's an at. At this point, we've hit something of a dead end, so it's time for us to blast off. Thanks for listening. Like a, like a, like a.